Welcome to the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Hope y'all are doing well. Thank y'all for tuning in. A friendly reminder, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Would really appreciate it if you guys could leave a review at your earliest convenience. A reminder too, this podcast, the My Mike and I podcast, is also available on the Big Heads Podcast Network, which is home to many great podcasts, including the Body Count Podcast. Here's a quick commercial describing a little bit more of their show. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece in Trivial Pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? (laughs) Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. Boom, Noah Alvarez back in action. Happy Friday the 13th. Or if you're listening to this show on a later date, happy insert your date here. (laughs) Shout out to Vince Correa for designing the My Mike and I logo. Also, shout out to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. Football season is upon us, folks, and what a beautiful thing that is. Uh, Every time football season comes around, for me at least, it's like seeing that old friend from your childhood and you ha- that you haven't seen in a while, and you're just like, damn, where have you been? I have missed you. I do want to promote a couple of cool things I'll be doing this football season. As most of you know, I'm a contributor for the Ball Out Media, and I will be writing a weekly column on the latest football news around the NFL and also college football. You can check out those articles on theballout.com. The article I wrote this past week was covering some of the biggest surprises from week one of the NFL. Also, another thing I'll be doing for the Ball Out Media, Sunday evenings, I'll be dropping a quick five-minute video breaking down all the action from Sunday's games, which is pretty cool. They post it onto the Ball Out Media page for Facebook, and then I post it on my personal IG account on the IGTV. So yeah, definitely be sure to check out that first one, and that's something I'll be doing going forward every Sunday evening. And then on Fridays, for, for Ball Out Media again, I'll be posting a video with my five picks of the week of football, and I'll be keeping track of my overall record with those picks throughout the season. Kind of have a little bit of fun with it. You know, I grew up watching analysts be doing that on, on the TVs and that kind of stuff. You know, so I, I kind of wanted to put my own little twist on it, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Again, these are all for the Ball Out Media. Be sure to check out the website for the articles. And also be sure to check in with their IG page and their Facebook page for those two different videos. That's not all I'm doing this fall for football season. Uh, for my finter- for my internship at Fullerton College, I'll be hosting a weekly coaches show 
covering the Hornets football team along with other sports at Fullerton College. You can check out those videos on YouTube every Friday. Search up KBPK Coaches Show. Again, that is KBPK Coaches Show, and you'll be, and you'll be able to find it. So yeah, I'm just you know keeping very busy this football season, but I am excited. A lot of good opportunity for me, along with the podcast, along with you know work and everything. Things are going really well. Football season is upon us, and it is just beautiful. Speaking of football, moving on to this week's show, I have a football player on the show. I'm excited to announce who it is. So on this week of my Mike and I, I chat with Louis Vecchio about his journey from Villa Park to the Ivy League and beyond. Lewis and I played football in high school a few years back. He was two grades younger than me, but I knew him and his brother pretty well. Very smart and talented young man. We talk about a ton of things surrounding his football career, yes, but as well as his experiences and his interests outside of football as well. Very smart dude. He went on to get his master's at Vanderbilt and just has a lot of great stories to tell. It's a really fun, enlightening episode. I hope you guys check it out. It's a great combo. So without further ado, here is a conversation between Lewis and I. Well, first off, want to thank you for hopping on the show. Really appreciate spending your time. Yeah, no, it's not a problem. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I want to go back to a little bit to your high school days, right? You're getting out, recruited out of high school for Little Park High School, speaking of that. Yeah. Um, talk about what that process was like, because I know you had a couple offers from different schools. Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting, because... I went through uh, sophomore year, just kind of not necessarily, I, I knew I was a player that could play. I just didn't have the confidence, I think. But I think what really helped is sophomore year, I think the first team that actually reached out to me was Harvard. But this was just strictly as like, hey, like you're on our radar, here's a letter, whatever. And then that's kind of what I was like, okay, like this, you know, I'm on the right track and everything. And mm-hmm. then went through those seasons and then junior year it was completely under the mind like I was tweaking out every game I swear like I I had a little routine I always went through just like all I wanted to focus on was giving max like absolute maximum effort like basically just controlling everything I can control and knowing that like this is going to be my ticket out so like every play mattered like there was it didn't matter who we were playing like mm-hmm. the game film goes beyond just like the highlight tape like hearing how, like, older players would always talk about, like, coaches look at the whole game film and everything like that. So I was really critical on myself, and I was, uh, like... And when I look back on the film, I, f- I feel like it showed that way, but, like, I was I was tweaked out. And, and I mean, you, you know Nick Witten. Like, yeah, he, he's yeah. kind of got... He's got that energy to him. Uh, so I, I was just like, I, I, gotta, I gotta bring that to the table as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he was, I think probably one of the other guys who was getting big-time looks originally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being in the class ahead of me. And so I was kind of like, okay, so he's kind of got the recipe for it, and now, you know, just try to take a little thing from some of the upper or older guys and apply it to myself. And I remember walking in, um, it was the end of my junior season, and I just did the whole basketball season. I came, I came in just to kind of talk to Coach A, uh, and I was just like, you know, like, I'm ready, I'm going to start picking up football again, like, basketball season just ended, but before I can even come talk to him, like, he stops everything, like, all right, like, I want to give, like, a huge congratulations, like, Louis Vecchio just got his first offer today, I didn't even know about it, oh, didn't what? hear, I had no idea, 
Um, but yeah, they stopped by the school and I think I just wasn't around or something just because of basketball. So like my schedule is kind of different than what the football schedule is. So I couldn't talk to them, but yeah, so he just told everyone like Lewis just landed his first offer from university of Colorado. And I was like, what? Like PAC 12 right off the bat. (laughs) Dang. So that's when I was just like, wow, like this, this finally happened. I remember coming home, telling, telling the fam everything. I'm like, we finally, yeah, we got it. Like, and the hardest, they always tell you the hardest is to get your first offer. Right. Right. So I'm like, I'm finally on the radar. Yeah. Some school finally nibbled on me. And once there's blood in the water, like every, every PAC 12 school at that too. Exactly. So I was, I was pumped and I was just like, okay, Football is what I'm doing. But to kind of backtrack there, I had a moment where I didn't know what was going to be my path, if it wasn't if it was going to be sports, if it was going to be academics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone wants to do the sports route. But I remember having a serious conversation with the coaching staff my freshman year, and they just thought, like, you know, they, they, they basically told me, like, I should probably look elsewhere. Like, that's not going to be my route to college. Mm-hmm. And I remember having that conversation with my mom, and I told her, you know, like – my coaching staff doesn't think that I, I have the like I'm gonna even play on varsity or even Dang. you know be able to to play high school ball. Mm-hmm. I had a really bad freshman spring, so that's kind of why. And uh, that shocked because my mom was like, "Well, we have to be honest here. Like, we don't have money to pay for you to go to college." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "If football's not gonna work out, you need to get the like. There's academic scholarships. There's right. other ways to get to a good school, uh, good college." So. That moment, I went full steam ahead with the academics, and that's what kind of opened the door with, like, Harvard and stuff. And then, mm-hmm. thankfully, I got a school to, to bite and throw me the offer. And then after that, I mean, it really picked up. I, it was it was, it was was pretty interesting how I went from, like, a quiet, like, my junior season ended, like, I got the awards for football, whatever, and then just did basketball and didn't hear anything about football. Mm-hmm. And that year, we went to CIF. And then, uh, was that the championship year? Yeah. Well, I was a part Edison? of both of them. So, oh yeah. Yeah. That was the Edison year. So yeah, okay. I went to CAF for football, long season. Right. And I, I think I had maybe a day of rest and then right into basketball. And then that season goes on even longer. And we went to CIF and then we went to the first round of state. Um, and then it was literally like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just coming in to talk to coach A, like, all right, like yeah. I need maybe a week to kind of get my, like give myself some time. Right. Right. But then it was just like, yo, you got an offer and like, <laughs> we're going right into spring ball. Like yeah. we got to go. <laughs> and so that was humbling, but it was, it was like, after that, everything shot up. Like mm-hmm. next thing I know, there's a coach at our practice every day, Dang. every day. And I mean, I, I, one time I remember Nebraska was out there videotaping like just me running routes or like uh like our seven on sevens and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, what is going on? I remember <laughs> we had one like tournament and there was there was like seven, eight teams out there. I'm like, what is going on? Like I just got one offer and like that and I didn't hear anything, so it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But uh and yeah, and so I remember like then all the other Pac twelves just kinda of started jumping on board. That's kinda of how it goes. Um, I, I remember another notable offer was Boise State, like called me on mm-hmm. my birthday, oh, which dang. was a great gift to kind of get. Yeah. And after that, it kind of just became like a, a thing. It was just like each day I'd kind of get pulled out of class, talk to another team, kind of talk about it. And then, uh, a lot of schools were still kind of like, yeah, we want to see how senior year goes for you and stuff. And mm-hmm. which is, you know, understandable. And, uh, still kind of went in with that same mindset. Cause I was just like, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't. You know, I wanted to, 
I didn't want to be that kid that, like, in that time where it was like, oh, you have offers, like, and then, like, you start playing the game differently and stuff right. like that. Like, I was still, like, I'm here to help our team go back to CIF. Like, that was something we hadn't done in 40, 50 years. Right, right. And it was, like, a big accomplishment. And I was like, all right, like, I'm here to win games. Like, I'm not here. Like, yeah, like, I kind of viewed it as, like, winning games will take care of itself. Because, like, if we're winning, that means we're doing the right things. Like, Mm -hmm. we're being put in the right position. And, like, that type of film will, you know, sell itself. So I was, like, I was completely bought in with what we were doing in high school. And I just kind of trusted that that the colleges would kind of just kind of see that that's the type of player that I am. Mm -hmm. So went through... The senior year and then more offers started piling up and it was great i got like three four boxes full of just like lead like i'd come home and just see like mounds of letters like on my <laughs> desk which was cool uh and just from from all over so like the mix of like the majority of my offers was like just about like half the pac 12 mm-hmm. and then a majority of the mountain west all the ivs um, and then a lot of schools, which was weird. So like the Ivies played like an interesting part in this whole thing because schools started to realize, okay, he's starting, he's, he's showing a lot of interest towards Ivies and education and stuff like that. So a lot, I remember having a, co- a conversation with a lot of coaches were either with me or they would just tell coach A, they're like, look, we haven't offered for him on the table, but you know, he's just got to let us know if this is something he wants because mm-hmm. we know that like, our academics isn't on par with mm. the other schools that he's talking to. So, right. like, we don't want to waste our time. Dang, okay. So, they're just there. So, like, I would have a lot. I would have a hand. And I think it was – I didn't handle my recruiting process, I think, the same way that it's handled now. Like, a lot of kids, um, you know, they shout out all of their offers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, social media was kind of new. Oh, of course, yeah. Us. Like, yeah, I didn't – I don't even think I got on Instagram until, like, the end of my senior year. Mm-hmm. I was barely on Twitter. And I didn't – like, the, the communication still was all over the phone, you know. And, and, like, I would just, like, give, like, summaries to, like, a local writer or something. And even then I kind of felt weird about trying yeah, to tell yeah. somebody, like, oh, yeah, I just got offered. Like, I was just, like, if somebody <laughs> asks, like, I'll, I'll gladly let them know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be that way, but I started, yeah, I, I realized now, like, if I maybe would have handled it differently, I, it would have kind of created, like, a different persona around me, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of hard to explain how that is, but, I don't know, the way people talk about certain players, like, from, from the top down, like, if they don't know somebody, they're just like, oh yeah, that player has these offers, and then, like, that kind of creates, like, somebody's, like, viewpoint on the kid, right? Right. But, I mean, I was still very happy with what I had. So, uh, with, like, Stanford Cal on the table, the Ivies, and Boys State, and it was, like, an interesting little process of kind of how things fell out, and, and my own, like, financial situation also made things interesting where schools also kind of realized that I can still go and play football there and be fully paid and, like, not have to worry. And then they can, they can use the scholarship with somebody else, but I'd still be there. Mm-hmm. So I know teams did discuss that with me as well, and it was kind of like, are you okay with this? And, mm-hmm. I mean, for myself, I was like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter as long as I'm there with everyone else and going through everything, like, whatever helps the team and yeah. stuff like that. But back to what I was saying, like, just didn't talk about it that much, and there was a lot of teams that just were like, like I said, you know, the offer's there if you want it type thing. Mm-hmm. So interesting process but I kind of just stayed focused on on the high academic schools and kind of told all the other schools like you know that's really what I'm focused on because end of the day 
um, I got to prepare myself for the future. And my right. end goal really was <clears throat> to help my family out. And I want to be the person that it kind of just like everyone's like NFL dreams to, mm-hmm. to just create that, that type of uh, financial security for their family, for the people that sacrifice for them. Of course, yeah. So, like, that was my big viewpoint, and I was just like, I want to be as best prepared as I can. Right. Um, you know, especially always having the back of my head, like, that at one point I was told football wasn't going to be my route. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, well then, you know, maybe I'm living in, like, a, a, a small world right now, mm-hmm. and then when I get somewhere, I'm going to realize, like, okay, like, maybe I'm not that good, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... I was just like, I want to bet on just my future, in a sense. So, I once I started to isolate down to the schools that just had, like, great academics, uh, I would spend a lot of time just talking to players at the top, or that, that left before me, and Nick went to Penn. Right. Blair went to Cornell. So, I'd kind of just reach out to players and, like, ask, like, what's the Ivy League about? Try to get, like, a real inside of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, started just to realize that the Ivy League is something, I mean, and if we're being real, like, we're from the West Coast. Yeah. The only schools I ever knew was Harvard, Yale. Yeah. And then, like, Princeton, just because of, like, the Fresh Prince of Ballet. Like, yeah. you know? So, it was just like, that was my, yeah. that was what the Ivy League was. Right. And so, I remember talking to Nick, and I was like, I've never even heard of Penn. Yeah. Like, what's going on over there? What, like, are they even Ivy League? Like, what mm-hmm. is this? What are they about? Yeah, and I'm just like, what is the Ivy League? And all that. And so, after a lot of, like, conversations about it, and, and it's, it's funny, because a lot of schools, like, they're like, oh, you don't want to go to an Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's the, it's just like, again, so, like, with my financial situation, that made me f- a full a full-ride player in, in the Ivies where they don't do scholarships. So, essentially, mm. it made everything even. So, I'm looking at all the schools equally. Like, I have free education no matter where I go to, and I play football, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, if things were different, knowing that my parents couldn't pay for for college, like, the Ivy Leagues wouldn't have been in the conversation because mm. it would have solely just been on what school is going to be able to pay for my education. Like, that, right. was, my, that was my focus, and I was like, Football, I lo- like, is what I love to do, mm-hmm. and I will be able to play it as well. So I was like, okay, win-win. But the Ivy Leagues, I qualified so that I'd, I'd be able to look at everything where I'm getting the same benefits that full-ride players do at, um, outside the Ivy League, then uh, I'd get the same benefits in the Ivy League. So that made everything, mm-hmm. I guess, harder in a sense, but it was like I have a lot more doors to look at, right? Mm-hmm. So... And it came down to like I'm, I'm a like a math oriented guy and everything and and Penn, Wharton School being the number one in the nation for business that mm-hmm. is what the curriculum is it's math and science based right mm-hmm. and so seeing that like that's a big difference between Harvard Yale Princeton like those are the big liberal arts schools and I mm-hmm. already kind of knew I'm like I'm not a liberal arts guy like I'm not like no matter what place I'm going to go to it's going to be something math based or like engineering wise okay that's like that was kind of my viewpoint in high school so knowing that that kind of crossed off a lot of Ivy League so then it really came down to all right I'm either going to go play big time ball or I'm going to go to the number one business school Mm -hmm. in in the nation so 
coming down to that, now that was the tough choice. And in high school, nobody can tell you the power of one in Ivy League, but the power of um, like what the the Ivy League is able to do for you in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. And out of high school, all you're thinking is like, look, I put my heart and soul into to football, and like this is just this is the next this is the rite of passage. Like you go play big time ball. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was on that fence. I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm playing big time ball, and we and I and it tore me apart a little bit. And, and the decision didn't come until February. So there was a lot of talks, and obviously coaches are still coming in and out of you know home visits, and then doing the officials and. Mm-hmm. I'll say, like, every official visit I went on to, like, at a big-time school, I was, like, it didn't even... I, mean, I remember when, when I went to Boise on one, I came back, and I was, like, I, I'm set. I'm going. <laughs> I, like, it was every visit, like, they just... Every time I came home, I'm, like, yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah. But they're, like, oh, you just said that the other week. Like, you said <laughs> different school. And it's just, like, not nah, that's it. So, one thing I noticed, like, you come on... You come back home on a high from, like, the visits, mm-hmm. and so... But just kind of seeing that, I was always like, yeah, it's like, that's what I, what I wanted to do. And my parents were just like, come on, like, let's root. Like, it took, it took a long discussion, but, like, long story short, it was kind of like, my parents were like, trust me, like, Penn is going to open some yeah. doors that you won't even, like, you can't understand right now. Mm-hmm. But, and you're still playing ball at the highest level. Right. So I was like, okay. And, I mean, that was the school that, out of all the Ivies that I loved and everything. And even then when I was there, like... You know, I felt I felt at home when I was there, right? So I was just like, okay, I can do it. Um, and so I chose Penn, which was funny. So I like I committed on Fox Sports, mm-hmm. like in front of the uh, the Rose Bowl and everything. And I remember when I told them um, that I was like choosing Penn over like Stanford, Boise State, or Cal. Like, yeah. They were just like, what? Like, what? are you serious? Because <laughs> and literally the day before, like. I had Coach Shaw, like, come visit me at the high school, kind of, like, the, the right before I was going to go up there, and just kind of, like, talk, like, yeah, so, like, are we all good, like, making sure, like, Stanford's going to be the route, and I yeah. remember Cal went through, like, a weird uh, coaching change, so they came back, like, again, like, that same, like, week right before signing day, and was like, yeah, like, you come, into, you come with us, or what's, what's the deal, mm-hmm. and I remember on the way up to my commitment, Boise State called, and was like, hey, look, like, you haven't made a final decision yet. Like you can still choose us. Like you just sign whatever you can up there, and we'll, we're gonna, we're gonna run with it. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was torn, but I was like, I was already on that way up, kind of thinking like, all right, I'm going to Penn. I'm going to Penn. So I told them Penn, and Fox wasn't prepared for that at all. <laughs> They're like, we don't have a hat for Penn. We don't have anything. Like, what are we supposed to do? Because uh-huh. it was a big like hat selection on TV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna do something different for you. Like, we're just gonna put the icon up on the screen and whatever, and just give you a little. Uh, more talking time, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and the alumni network and everything, like, that's kind of what I spoke about when I was on Fox and everything, and I still didn't know the power of it, mm-hmm. and then sitting here now, I'm like, that was the best decision I could have made, and I would tell anybody that's mm-hmm. in that position that can go to an Ivy League school, especially for free, I'm like, you gotta do it, mm-hmm. right, because, I mean, I won two championships at Penn, like, that was a big thing for me, I was like, I went to three championships in high school, and lost all three of them, mm. I have no rings to show for my sports career, and all that, I'm like, I need, I need, I need, I need to win, like, I need championships, I need, I need rings, I need something to show for things, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, accomplished it all, so, but that was kind of the, the, 
the ride through high school, it's pretty, it was a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely was cool kind of coming back after signing day, seeing all my classmates shocked because they're still yeah, kind of yeah. in that same world where they're like, what is Penn? Like, yeah, how, yeah. how did you go there? Like <laughs> University of Penn. Yeah, they're like, I just saw Yale, on, like I saw Yale and Harvard, like what are you doing? Yeah. You know, because like that's all they kind of know and, and it's like that's all we knew. But uh, I trusted that, that Penn had something in store for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would kind of set my life on track, and it certainly did. Mm-hmm. I remember keeping track of when you did make that announcement on Fox Sports, and you did choose University of Penn, and I remember like hearing from like our mutual friends that you had Stanford and Boise State on the table, and I remember looking up at Penn, like you know, because I had never, like you said, growing up on the West Coast, you didn't really hear about these Ivy League schools, right? But I remember looking up Penn, University of Pennsylvania. And just seeing that, like, that's the first thing to advertise, like, number one business school in the United States. I'm like, wow, like, Lewis has more than just football on his mind, right? Yeah. He has a bigger life after football kind of goal. And I thought that was cool because at the end of the day, like, you kind of touched on it, like, perfectly when you were mentioning, like, the process and everything. Like, education and getting your family right and kind of taking care of those who grinded for you right. was, like, your main priority. And that's, that's pretty cool because... We, like you said, we never heard of Ivy League schools that much, but you made the, the education the biggest priority. That's uh, that's huge, you know what I mean? Like, not too many. Cause like you said, we all get caught up with, oh, playing with the Pac-12, playing where Andrew Luck played, or playing on the blue turf, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure you had, like, temptations as far as going everywhere, but... Yeah, I mean, and like I said, like, every visit, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I can play here, and, like, I can make... Uh, this This could be the best four years of my life, for sure. Yeah. And I still look, and I'm like, Penn was the best four that I that I had, and and it's interesting too because it hum it, it's a humbling experience too because you start you you see like okay I chose to to prepare myself for what happens when or if football ends right mm-hmm. and then kind of talking to guys that have to have football end early and they're like dude I didn't see this coming mm-hmm. you know everyone feels invincible and especially in high school like. Of course. I didn't have I don't I didn't have any injuries that really like hurt like hurt me on the field or hurt me from, you know, missing time. So I was just kind of like that's not going to be me, you know. I was like there, there's no way mm-hmm. that I get an early exit. And you can't and it's a naive way of thinking, you mm-hmm. know, but it's you, you never want to be the guy thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to get hurt soon." Like you, you can't play that way, obviously. But it was just more of yeah, like there it's a sad realization when you're like dude i just went all in mm-hmm. and it's not going to pay me back what do i do now right you know and, and talking to a lot of guys it's like i you know they, they have to find like something it, they, they have to do like a huge reflection period i'd say mm-hmm. and try to find like all right what's the next path going to be and so i kind of figured i'm like all right like why don't i just you could do both <laughs> you know like i could still like everyone and it's like people there's like a knock like oh like you go to an ivy league like you just you don't love football as much or oh, okay. it's like it's yeah. not it's not that you don't love football as much like everyone there like you actually it's it's i'm not gonna argue that like you have to love it more to be in the ivy league but it's like these a lot of the guys on our team like they, they have nothing over their head forcing them to play mm-hmm. like you show up each day you go through everything else that you do at any other school mm-hmm. But, like, you actually have the option of your head to quit whenever you want. You have no scholarship on, on your name. Oh, okay. So it's, like, yeah. literally the guys there, like, you are like you, you show up every day, like, because, like, you love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you're surrounded by guys that love it with, like, knowing that, that they're, you, like, it's interesting. 
and just talking to guys and just kind of seeing like, oh, how did this player get kicked off the team or how did he quit and stuff? And you, you kind of find like there's like little settled like uh, politics that kind of go into things mm-hmm. um, to try to get a player that's maybe not into it to kind of quit so that they don't have to, you know, hold the scholarship for him anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like at our school, like you're done just quit, like, we don't need you here, Yeah, you know, and we would tell players that, like, you don't want to be here, quit, dude, mm-hmm. and, I mean, yeah, it comes with a bad st- stigma that you just quit, but it's, like, nothing's going to change for you, like, outside of that, like, mm. if you don't want to be there, if you don't want to show up, you don't want to put the work in, there is no one holding your hand to, 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 to be here, whereas, like, from the outside, like, listen to other people, it's like, yeah, like, you know, you kind of, you know, like, I got to keep that scholarship because, like, you know, if not, then I'm gonna get kicked, and then you know, like that kind of changes a lot of things on how how their work, how their um, security is at school. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ivy League, like you're in the school, like that's not gonna change. Mm-hmm. Whatever the month, like you have already agreed to whatever amount, and football is just something you do on top of it. Right. And it still comes with the same rigors that you would do at any other school. Mm-hmm. So. That's something I didn't know because I definitely came in with the, per- the perception of like, I'm the only guy here that wants to play ball. Yeah, you know? okay. But I will say, my freshman, like, there is, you know, there's still differences. And I don't know if we want to go into it now, but like, the experience at Vandy, being able to, to play at Vanderbilt and do my fifth year there, like, it's that's where I fully gained. A proper comparison of like the differences mm-hmm. of like the dynamics of scholar like well I mean it, there's a lot of things that kind of go into it one just scholarship football versus um versus not then mm-hmm. you have SEC versus Ivy League yeah. and then, then you have like high academics and it was like so there's was, there's was a lot of interesting comparisons which I guess we can kind of go into later yeah but um I know for for one like going in freshman year at Penn, still with that mindset, like, I'm the only guy here that wants to, to play ball, and, and then, like, it's still, it, it was, it was a double-edged sword, because, like, it was true, and it was false at the same time, mm-hmm. right, the true part, the true part came when we had a alum come back, and he's like, how many of you guys came to Penn because you want to go to the NFL, and it was me, and two other guys that rose their hand, Okay. and literally, I'm looking around, no one else in the room rose their hand, All Right. And so I'm like, wow, (laughs) this is interesting. But the false part was that, like I said before, you are there because you want to be there and you love the game, right? Mm -hmm. So that gives you the dedication you need. But I will say that there is something that kind of goes into your decisions that um, would separate you from other players when, like, you're committing yourself to wanting to play in the league versus you're just there because, like, you love playing football, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of decisions in, in the Ivy League where you're conflicted between academics or putting more time into football, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was interesting to see kind of develop over time. But again, as a freshman, didn't know what type of sacrifices that that required until I got into, like, the later years where I started mm-hmm. to see, like, okay... NFL can really happen, like, what do I need to do? And then that's when you kind of start putting a little bit more um, time in versus, like, other people. But There you go. I did want to ask you about the transition just from high school to Penn because, you know, Coach Anstead, she's a very intense guy. 
very passionate about his program. Shout out to Coach A, got much love for him. But I remember seeing even when I went to Golden West and played, you know, a year and a half there, that I took for granted how like well Coach A ran his program and how advanced he was for high school level. Because I remember meeting players that were more talented than me, but they didn't have the same kind of discipline. They didn't have like the same kind of, they weren't used to the routine. They weren't used to certain things. Like we were very advanced at Villa Park. So I wanted to ask you, like, did you feel like you had an advantage or just kind of like, where did you feel amongst other incoming freshmen coming from Coach Anzich's program? Yeah, definitely. I definitely felt comfortable. Yeah. And I didn't think that. Obviously, the uncomfortable part about it is I'm playing with grown men at this point, <laughs> and I'm a child. And so the level of play was a shock. But as for, there was never like a a thought in my mind where I was like, can I handle this? Can I do this? Mm -hmm. And like kind of how like coach a spends a lot of time going to other colleges to see how their practices are ran, things like that. So like that was a really smooth transition. It was just like, okay, this is the same thing. Just like now it just requires me like at practice. You can, in high school, you can kind of figure out, all right, when do I really need to go hard? Mm -hmm. Like when is it just like, all right, this is more of like a mental period and like a step back and like when can I uh, I won't say like coast but like you, you, you learn how to like manage yourself in high school really mm-hmm. and in college it was just like everything max <laughs> maximum <laughs> everything like yeah. you're, you're you turned everything full go and because like that's at least in my own opinion for like how like I mean I came there and I was like I didn't turn down big time offers to, to come to an Ivy League and not play immediately, right? right? And that, that's kind of like one of the selling points. It's like you kind of skip the the developmental stage and you just kind of you let the game shape you and let mm-hmm. the game develop you. And so I was like, all right, so like these practices coming right from high school, it's like this is what's my de- short little developmental period where other people get that redshirt year. Yeah. And then if you're still not there, you kind of get your freshman year to get in the ropes and you maybe start seeing time towards like your last three. Mm-hmm. Where for me it was like, I had a month to go from high school to college ball ready to go, right? And so that was, like, maximum everything. Like, I I was absolutely exhausted on all fronts, but it paid off because then I started to get separated from a lot of the other freshmen, Mm -hmm. started to notice I was doing the right things, and... Like, Coach A's big thing was, like, showing, like, the mental piece is just as important as you being a physically talented player. Right. And so that attention to detail of what's going on schematically and playbook-wise, I was like, you know, I just kind of implemented to see if, like, that's going to be the key to success when I get to college. And Mm -hmm. it was. (laughs) And so, like, opportunities like that when you're a young player trying to prove himself, it's like you don't get many but when you're in there, you at least want to know what you're doing, right? right? Yeah. And you want to do it at full go, and then they'll critique you on the technique and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I was like, I don't want to be a guy that plays the, oh, I didn't know card. Yeah. Or yeah. like, like oh, I didn't know that play when like I was given it or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, I spent a ton of time after practice and all that. Like, I'm in, I'm like just walking. I'm, I'm in my playbook. I'm eating in my playbook. <laughs> like, I'm in bed in my playbook. Like, that's, I was playbook all the time. So that way, like, next day, and I'm quizzing myself all the time, so that way the next day, when I get my turn, I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't have to worry about that. So then, like, and that's a big thing, too, like, first impression-wise and everything like that, like, gain your trust, mm-hmm. do, the, do the, can you do the little things, and, like, we can kind of help them with the, the other major stuff. So 
I think that kind of helped separate me and it kind of just paved my way. So I'd say like, yeah, Coach A definitely knew what he was doing by trying to take what they do in college and implement it at a high school level. And it seems mm-hmm. really hard and you kind of wonder like what goes on at other schools. Like, right. Like, are they working like we work? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and I mean, it shows like what I, so when I got there, what we won four straight yeah. league titles. I think and they're everything. at nine now. Yeah, they're at nine. yeah. So I'm like, he's he's got the formula. He's doing big mm-hmm. things, and it's like, California's tough. Like you have the modern days and mm-hmm. Servites and Orange Lutherans. You got the you know the Pac Five Trinity League type teams where they could kind of get the players recruiting wise. But for our school to deal with public, mm-hmm. not being able to really like recruit or do anything and just kind of deal with the talent you have locally. Yeah. Um, for him to have that kind of tenure. You know, that speaks for itself. So, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, and I, I mean, we had a lot of players that just started going out being able to play in college, which is a lot different than the norm, like, in our school's history. So, right. you know, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Hopefully. So speak more a little bit on the kind of, like, academic transition, too, because I know you were a very smart kid in high school, yeah. but then Ivy League, whole different ball game, I'm sure. Can you just talk about kind of what, like, the difficulties you faced in the classroom just going – and jumping to those Ivy League classrooms? Yeah. So, coming out of high school, had a 4.7 GPA, mm-hmm. which that whole thing is just because of, like, the college courses I took at, like, an early level, just kind of set, set that up. So, like, I proved, like, I can do academics, right? Mm-hmm. And then the funny thing was, was, like, I got there freshman year and realized Ivies don't even count it. Oh. Whereas any other school was, like, oh, yeah, you can come here, and a lot of these courses count towards, like, you'll be accelerated oh, if you shit. come here. So, like, okay. we'd, you'd be ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting to see Dang. where, like, even high academic normal schools, I guess, non-Ivy League, I, I'll, I'll say that, high academic non-Ivy League schools, they're like, oh, yeah, those uh, those AP classes will count towards your classes here and mm-hmm. you, you'll be further like I'd be coming in as like a sophomore okay, yeah. or, or even like a sophomore and a half or something like that. So like I, I would really only need like, you know, three years or less to graduate. Yeah. Where at the Ivy league, they're like, no, we don't count that. Dang. I, there was only one. Yeah. There was one wow. class that would have counted, but you needed to get a five on the test, oh. which is like the absolute highest score that you right, can get. Right. And that was, that was the only class that they would have allowed to kind of count to help you out. Which, yeah would not change your your time there at all so i was like all right so this this sounds like it's going to be a little different Mm -hmm. and i would say you get there and you're like okay wow like you're going in that first week just getting hit by everything like test homework all of that first like first day all right welcome whatever Mm -hmm. Then next class, have all this stuff done. Be ready for a test coming up. Yeah. All that. Like, we're going through it. We're going. We don't have time. Yeah. So, and I would say anybody that's going to Penn, or I would say Wharton, if you're going to Wharton and you're not a math guy, like, this is probably <laughs> hell. Like, yeah. you know, like, you're getting hit, like, my, my freshman thing. It was all math. Like, everything there, just different types of it, whatever, however you want to look at it. Like, a normal math and then the applied business maths that you kind of have. So, finance. Mm-hmm. Um operational management had a ton of math in that like you got to go through the accounting so the market all that so i'm going through it and i'm like okay like i feel good about it though because this is what i'm good at i'm good at the math i'm good at the number stuff and Mm -hmm. so i didn't necessarily mind it but i didn't notice like football being that first semester or two 
created a that like it was it was my head spinning right it was right. like there's just so much going on I'm trying to be the freshman to play I have to do so much to keep my body ready to go mm-hmm. I'm young like I just turned 18 and I'm playing with dudes that are 20 21 so my body's not really like on par yet and then not to mention that it's college so you still kind of go through that kind of shock and then on top of that, it's an Ivy League with that high academics. So yeah. now you're just like, there's so many things going on, and you don't know what you want to do, and you're trying to make friends social wise and yeah. do this. And there's so like really, you're like, okay, what like what do I spend my time doing? And so freshman year, um, it just came down. I was like, all right, look, I'm playing. I've already been. I'm already in the top two before going into week one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. This is what I want. I'm going I'm to focus on football. And then I was like, all right, what else can I do? And then I was like, all right, I came here for academics, so I want to kill it in academics, right? And then, so, like, really they always talk about there's going to be three things on your plate when you go to college. Yeah. This for, like, a college athlete. It's going to be your sport, the academics, and then your social life. Mm-hmm. And they tend to tell you you can't do all three of them well. Yeah, yeah. Something's going to take a hit if you try to do all three. Like, you, you could be average at all three, but no athlete wants to be average no. in their own sport. And so some people, you know, then it just depends on what type of person you are. And then, you know, your decision comes down between social life and all that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to kill it in, in two fields. So I'm going to kill it on the field and I'm going to kill it in the books. Mm-hmm. And social life, I'll just, I'll take the hit right mm-hmm. now. And that was tough seeing a lot of my friends, like, yeah. coming to, I mean, you know, they, they did the, the frat rushing during oh, the fresh okay. which is like, they're like, I'm not playing. So mm-hmm. they're like, I just have to really go through my workouts, like, show up to practice, you know, do all the things that are mandatory, but I'm not going to truly be tested this year, so, like, I I have time to kind of build my social life, mm. whereas for me, I felt like I'm being tested right now football-wise, Yeah, and I'm not going to let my academics take a hit, so social life, I'll just kind of put on pause right now, and sometimes I look back, and I'm like, I wonder... I mean, obviously now I'm like, that was the best choice I could have done, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. seeing my friends, it's like, we kind of have like a different little college ex- uh, experience, of but course, yeah. then I noticed that once you get into off season, things kind of shift a little bit. So, and like the thing that's great about the Ivy League is like, you actually get like a true balance there, which was great. So you don't get over, you don't get too overwhelmed by everything. And they, the Ivy League is already set up to where academics is number one. Yeah. So, like, even though, like, I'm going all out for football, like, you're still kind of capped on a lot of things. Like, the coaches are still all the time. Like, you have a class, mm-hmm. you have a study group, you have a project, like, you got to go. Like, we're not going to let the excuse be, oh, I had football. Right. You know, I still was able to, like, tell everyone, look, I'm doing football, so, like, I'm only going to be at mandatory academic <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, like, the, 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 it was already set up to where academics got a lot of, um, a lot more leeway than I guess you would at other schools where they're, and having seen it, it's kind of like tough luck. Like you have football or where do, like, what do you want to do? Right? Yeah. You can go choose academics, but you're going to take a hit where the Ivy league, you were a little bit more protected where like they, they, you came in with the understanding like, okay, like we also have a high academic standard we have to upkeep. Mm-hmm. So do what you need to do. And it's a different type of player. And they kind of make that clear when they're recruiting and stuff. And like, if you can't, I mean, you're, you're of no use to a football team if you can't stay eligible and you can't course, do the, yeah. the things that you need to do in the classroom. So that already takes a certain type of player. And so, yeah, like you're surrounded by people that kind of go with that understanding. And like I said before, like when I was talking about like 
I mean, there was guys that literally like, did you come to, did you come to Wharton because like you, you want to kill it and do investment banking or all this, whatever. And then a ton of hands are raising up. Yeah. Like, yeah, like my dad does that. I'm going to do that too. And yeah. I want to kill it in football, but I, you know, at the end of the day, like I want to, I want to be the wall street guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like that mindset with them, like you're surrounded by guys that are like, all right, like I got, I got things I got to do. You're in this class with me, aren't you? Like we got to go. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, it kind of sets up like an environment like that but mm-hmm. you just learn like okay like I gotta put time in at this point so whatever I miss in football I gotta make up somehow mm-hmm. if that's what you want it to be like but yeah that the academics is is weird and that it shapes our season so we start four weeks later oh okay our week one is the NCAA week four okay and we end right like right before thanksgiving weekend Mm. so and that's strictly for finals purposes so Mm -hmm. they're just like no sport is going to get in the way of finals and we need to make sure that their first couple weeks we're not in games and things like that so they again the ivy league has set up bounds to where uh end of the day the academics will kind of stay as like the number one priority and it's for all sports like basketball soccer everything too basketball is really demanding so you sacrifice a lot of your time i I mean my friends went through it yeah like your your winter break is when basketball really takes advantage of you and then um i mean this was before they even had the ivy league tournament and, and things like that so it was i think that the league was still structured towards like at this point it's a cutoff if you're not the champion mm. you're done and that would i think that would be Right around, like, midterm time. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that they probably had the same kind of focal point. Um, but they made, like, this huge appeal for and, like, look, like, our basketball is actually, like, a D1 single-A sport yeah. that has an opportunity to being in March Madness and mm-hmm. the financial things that kind of come with that. So yeah, they were just like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll add a tournament. And they just did that, I think, it was either my junior or senior year is when they started to implement the, the Ivy League tournament to kind of decide who goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's still very, all the decisions made, I think they have the board, whoever's on that board, has a huge focal point of how will this affect academics. Mm-hmm. So, But definitely for fall sports, they try to make sure like all sports are done by the time of finals. So you mentioned a little earlier about meeting kids and like other students who wanted to work on Wall Street and that kind of stuff. And yeah. what I wanted to ask is like, because as I've gotten older, I've realized that California, there's a lot of wealthy people in California, but it's kind of like new money. That's what people call it, right? East Coast, a lot of old money, right? Old money. Exactly. So I kind of wanted to ask you as far as like, did you meet any other like classmates or just people you interacted with? Did you like meet anyone that were kind of like heirs of people who were like with the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and that kind of stuff? I met Lords of England, uh, Dukes whatever status a duke is. Yeah. I mean, they were throwing out a bunch of stuff. But, I, I mean, a lot of people from overseas that just come from generational wealth, mm-hmm. you know. And that was – and and that's – I think that was a great experience because, like, my freshman year, I was partnered up with a dude from the Netherlands and oh, kind of looked into his background. And, like, his parents are at a big bank that mm-hmm. kind of run um, the Netherlands. And then – uh, ended up like just kind of networking with a guy whose parents are big Italian bankers and they run, they basically run Italy, you know? Yeah. And so, and it's, it's very interesting that like they're normal kids like us. And then like, when you get to know them a little bit, you start to find out like, Oh wow. Like our upbringing's <laughs> a lot different. Uh-huh. Um, but they're all 
It, it was all interesting, great people. I mean, I met people that just didn't know what football was. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, specifically, that kid from the Netherlands. Like, I remember I had to work on a project with him, and he didn't understand why. I just wasn't at, like, meetings and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I, I play football. Like, I have I have other things to do, but, like, I get my work done and all that. Uh-huh. And he was like, what, what is football? I don't get it. And so I literally just showed him some things and literally he became like the biggest fan. And oh, like, yeah? he would come in my room at like, you know, almost midnight. Like, yo, like, are we going to watch some film? Like, who's up this week? Like, what do we got? Like, yeah. or, like give me something to do, like a roster break, whatever. Like hey, he was, okay. he was into it. Yeah. And just kind of showed him like how to play football and things like that. And it, there was a lot of other kids that just like, they come from a place that, football is not a thing you know mm-hmm. and uh it's interesting to see like the different cultures but uh it's a very humbling experience and it definitely helps culture myself like knowing that the the world is a lot bigger yeah. than what and that's the biggest thing kind of coming from this orange county sphere mm-hmm. um we think like things that go around here goes around everywhere right and it's just completely different like the things that, like you said new money like everything out here is new yeah you know, that things out there like there's a lot of tradition a lot of th- like um, historical culture that's like out there mm-hmm. but yeah so met a lot of, I mean I remember in my freshman year math class I'm um, sitting at a table just trying to do a group project and I, I like I spaced out for a minute just like working on a problem and then like when, when I zoned back in I realized everyone was speaking Mandarin oh shit. but all different races you yeah. know like it wasn't like I was yeah like it was just like it was insane to see like how many just types of people like grew up in China that I guess aren't specifically Chinese or, mm-hmm. and they're all just fluent in not only that language, but many other languages yeah. and they're all just conversating to each other. Like, Oh no way. You know, they just keep going. And I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to do some math. Here. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're going somewhere else and taking who knows what they're talking about. But mm-hmm. So that's when I realized, I'm like, there's a lot going on in this world, man. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of things that kind of are outside of football that I just never thought about. And so that kind of, I guess, awakened me in a sense where I was like, okay, like, I made a, I made a good decision to, like, I'm, I'm, one, getting out of my comfort zone, but just being exposed to yeah. many different things. Right, the networking opportunities. Before we go back into football and kind of your progression, Philadelphia, like you mentioned, a city with a lot of history. Yeah. Did you like get to explore the city, kind of visit historical sites, and what kind of really stood out to you? Yeah, so historical sites. I mean, you go to like the big Philly cheesesteak parlors or whatever. But I mean, you walk in there, and and it's it's kind of like when you go to like a historical LA spot where you just kind of see like the celebrities have been here and they take pictures. But mm-hmm. then you go over there, and it's like the timeline just is way deeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, like true deep like black white photos signed this signed that like people that like you read about in the books and stuff and they've all been there presidents all that stuff and you're just kind of like wow like like this was this was the hub you know yeah yeah. and i saw like the liberty bell which and they kind of have that whole um that whole like old town philadelphia and they kind of preserve it and everything so that i mean that's Mm -hmm. like a historical field trip within itself but like Mm -hmm. that was like a a 15 minute trip for me to just go to, and like we would spend like kind of um like a saturday out there and just kind of walk around and explore and yeah i mean we were literally so like our field was nothing like we're we're basically in the city yeah like in the sense like the river separated our school from the city so like mm. our fields 
have nothing but you know skyscrapers and the skyline and just bunch of buildings all like in our background and okay. so like that was really cool to kind of see and like when i'm thinking about this like i, I played uh you remember the game mvp uh, oh, yeah. the mlb baseball game yeah and so like when you're in like triple a and stuff like you'd be in boston and like you have a beautiful like grass field and everything and then you have nothing but buildings like in the background of like a huge city going on and I right was like that and that's not something you get in California. And no. you're just like, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what that looks like. And then yeah. I, go, I remember one night, like, sun going down, and I'm just kind of kicking it on the field. I'm like, oh, like this is what, it, you yeah. know, like, weird how things kind of came full circle. And I was like, this is what it, this is what it really looks like. This is a different part of the world that mm-hmm. I never thought I'd uh, experience. But got to do a lot of exploring there, and even, like, New York and, um, uh, so, so like I lived up in New York for three months when I worked on Wall Street and everything, and I saw um, where uh, the Empire State Building mm. uh, and all and the memorial that they have there and everything and uh, oh the, you mean the, the twin, twin towers, towers yeah. yeah yeah so saw that you just see all of the history that's gone throughout New York and just kind of going through everything and, and it's. It's, it, it makes you take a step back for a second. Mm-hmm. You just, like, it's, being from California, you're just, like, this is all <laughs> surreal work for some, you know, you can see, like, I was a person that, when, like, when I got to the Twin Towers Memorial and everything, I, I stopped, and I, like, tried to take it in, and yeah. I'm, like, I'm on the clock, and I'm, like, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. And, like, everyone around me, it's, like, moving so fast and everything, and I'm just, like, well, like, yeah. there's some history right here. No, you know? for real, yeah. Right. So, Historically wise, like a lot of history, and it, and it kind of just you don't even realize it sometimes. Like I didn't even realize I was just walking by. I was like, what, "What's going on right here?" Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, this is where it was at." Yeah, and I'm just like, "What?" Oh shit! Yeah, it, it's one of those things where like you're going through life and everything, but when you're out there, like there's history all around you. So you know, even, like you don't necessarily would have it in your plan that mm. like you would, I guess, have that pass by you. you right. Know? So a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities to to just learn more about our history, I guess. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. So going back to the football field, kind of talk about your progression through each year. And I did want to ask too: Were you ever recruited to play tight end? Because I know you did play fo- uh, defensive line and tight end in high yeah. school. But was it just strictly defensive line? No. Yeah. So all my offers were for tight end, and then my senior year came out. And the so I went through D one bound uh, college level athletes to make my tape, and they they put a little bit more focus on my defensive highlights. So then schools just came out and like, well, honestly, just let you play both. Like whichever one you pick is fine with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so having gone to Penn, I came in as a tight end, and I was behind two six seven tight ends, oh, and then like three or two others so I would have been like kind of the third and then that's when I was I would have had to really try to like work so I can maybe get myself into like the top three Mm -hmm. and we just changed our offense so like previously like Penn was a pro style we used for sure two tight ends sometimes three tight end sets so I was like okay Mm -hmm. if I got into the top three then I'll get playing time and then they they switched the offense when I got there to to more of the West Coast style, mm. one tight end, and maybe every now and then we'll bring in the the H back, okay, um, for like third downs and stuff. So it became you know that that kind of took a position away, mm-hmm. 
And so the coach kind of came up to me and was like, you can stay at tight end or we know that you can play defensive end and you did, you killed it your senior year. Like you can play right now as a DN. Like, yeah, we have people there, but we know like if you just do what you do, mm-hmm. you know, you'll climb right up easily. And I was just like, look, I just want to play yeah. like, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Like, I just want to get on the field, and then, like, maybe after that, once I get my foot, you know, once I just kind of get the experience, then I, you know, make a decision later. Mm-hmm. So, told told them that, and I'm like, all right, let's let's get to a defensive end and start focusing a little bit more there and kind of see what happens, and it just kind of took off from there, and then, yeah, I just became, like, a co-starter with uh, another, um, with a senior at the time who was, mm-hmm. like, we're really close friends and mm-hmm. all that. So that was really interesting. But, I mean, I only had my success because of the people around me. Like, they were all – it wasn't one of those, in, like, cutthroat, I guess, environments where, like, nobody wants to help each other. Yeah. I mean, all the other – all the upperclassmen were just, like, look, we want to be as good as we can be. So, like, mm-hmm. if you have any questions or whatever, you let me know. Like, I will help you out in any way that I can. So, like, mm-hmm. that type of culture really – just helped raise me and I know when I got to that point like that's what I wanted for the younger guys I was like I didn't go through my freshman year alone to just be successful or whatever so I'm like anything I can do and I tried to uh going down the line like that was the culture we wanted like we're just we're a team we're a family so like the better you know someone else is down the death chart the better we all are right right so yeah, I forgot where we were. <laughs> yeah, but just, just talk about some of the uh, the growth from like freshman year to sophomore year. Then I know you had an injury. Kind of talk about how you overcame that, and then eventually getting to your last year at Penn and kind of growth overall as a player. Yeah. So freshman year again, body just. I mean, <laughs> so I'm playing, and the the moment where I really realized I'm like, wow, I have ways to go. It was against Villanova. And I remember when I was in, like, I would have to really mat. I mean, six play. I, I in high school, I never left the field. Mm-hmm. So I played both ways, just about all special teams. So like, I'm, I'm basically, I could play a full game, no problem. And then I get to college, and I remember I was in, and it was like six plays, and I was so gassed. <laughs> I never, I was so shocked at how exhausted I was just from that, yeah. and starting to realize like. All right, these dudes aren't, like, I'm going my hardest every single play just to make sure, like, I'm giving my all. And, like, that's just kind of the guy I was. It was just full go all the time. And I'm realizing, like, these dudes are just kind of chilling, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're it, it's interesting. Like, they're going hard, but they know, like, when to go really hard and when to kind of save some energy. Yeah. But I just, I didn't, I couldn't afford it, and yeah. I wasn't at that point, too. But I remember some dude... I was, uh, I was, I was going full go, and this dude, I guess, kind of was like trying to take the play off a little bit, and I started to just almost like try to almost pancake him, and I'm on defense, so he's really like, I'm just, I'm just being a dick in a sense, like <laughs> just playing nasty, and this dude grabbed me with one hand and just body slams me, <laughs> oh, shit. like WWE. I was like, I could. It was like one hand. I could not believe that I just got picked up and tossed like that. Yeah, I was just shook. And then I remember later on in that same game, I'm going in on a stunt. I think I'm clean, and I just get clocked by the center. 
And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> I have never been tossed in, in football like that. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is different. Mm-hmm. And I remember every game, I'm in bed crippled. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. every part of my body, I felt everything. I couldn't believe it. I was in, in his freshman year. Like, all my friends are going out. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting their social life rolling. And I'm like... Honestly, <laughs> I I can't move. Yeah. Like I some like in day games, I just the moment we got back, I'm sleeping the whole <laughs> way through. And night games for sure, like I'm limping to my bed. Mm-hmm. And the moment I sat down, it was over. Like that's <laughs> that's that was it. That was wrapped. So and then but I make it through the season somehow. And I went I went through a lot at 3 mild herniated discs mm-hmm. and uh, I was going through like a pinched sciatic nerve. So I was I was I was going through some pain, you know, mm-hmm. and um, did what I needed to do to just try to keep myself going. But I remember there was a point in the season where I just told my coach, I'm like, I can't lift up my leg. Mm. Like, I don't, I can, I can run. I don't know how, but I'm like me standing here right now. I can't get my leg off the ground for like six inches off wow. the ground without having an extreme shock wave of pain go down my leg. Okay. And it just, and like sleep wise, I mean, it felt like I someone had, like, a lighter just burning my leg. Yikes. So, like, it was messing up my sleep. Mm-hmm. Not to only go in that, like, West Coast kid going from sunshine all the time to the East Coast, mm. where that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> the weather, yeah. Yeah. So, there is such a thing. They, that, there's, like, a stigma where it's, like, you get, like, depressed when you don't get enough, like, sunshine and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, it won't be me. But it was a lot going on. So I was I was going through it. I'm like, wow, like this is this is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow got through the mess. Get back, and I I train my butt off for my sophomore year because I'm like, all right, like I got my feet in. Me and one other freshman were like true freshman players on the team. So I was like, all right, I'm ahead of the game. Like this is where like I start taking uh, taking over. Like this is this is the next step. So I I train and I got to a, a crazy point. Changed my body. I found out like I was like I came in. It was like eighteen percent body fat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I changed it down to nine percent. Oh shit! Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like I'm ready. I'm like I'm two fifty. Change you know changed my body completely i i'm i'm a different player right now and we got a new coaching staff so i got hit by a shockwave where i'm like everything i just did i was i was the dude i was the i was the freshman out of the group that got to play you Mm -hmm. know and i was the one that said screw the social life screw all the other stuff like i'm going all in on football and taking care of the academics, and then I get a new coaching staff where everything I just did freshman year just didn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, everyone's got a new slate. Uh, got to prove yourself. Got to uh, do the, you know, got to go through like we're going to evaluate every player in the best eleven play. And yeah, I was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. So thankfully, I was like, all right, but like I'm at I'm at I'm at my peak shape. Really, I was like, I've never been at this. I've never had my body feel this way, and I've mm-hmm. never been like this athletic at this point. So. I felt great, and I had a lot of upperclassmen that got put ahead of me because they were upperclassmen, and fought through it, proved myself, and was named the starter again. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I did it. I did. It. I got through everything, and I mean, I remember. So this was like what freshman spring. So we got hit by the new coaching staff like freshman spring. So it was like right before going into summer, mm-hmm. 
And I remember I had pneumonia. Oh, shit. So I'm coughing up blood and all that. And I was just like... <laughs> I was... I told the coach, like, yo, I have pneumonia, so I don't think I'm, I, I can't practice. Uh-huh. You know, I'm kind of, like, happy. I'm, like, I, I, I'm not sitting out of a practice. I literally can't practice because yeah. this is, I'm, I'm, I'm ill. Yeah. And he's just like, well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, that now means so-and-so oh. is the starter. And uh, we'll, I mean, they're like, do what you got to do to get healthy, and we'll see what it looks like when you get back. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so you're telling me he could be the starter when I get back? And they're just like, that's what opportunity is, man. Like, uh-huh. we can't control it. Like, whoever gets the opportunity to show what they can do, and if they hold it, then you're going to have to fight for it back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, screw that. <laughs> I, I remember, and it was the moment he said that, I had a cough. Yeah. So I just coughed up a bunch of blood, <laughs> and I had a cup that I'm holding, and I just <laughs> spit all the blood out, and I'm just like, I'll see you on the practice field. I'm, <laughs> out of, I'm like, I'm not going to let somebody take this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was like, come on, I put too much in. Like, I, I, I really, I mean, I always view that period. Like, I worked very hard. Go through the first game, tough one. Um, and then we have a big game against Villanova again. And we have, like, there was something different about this year. So, like, my freshman year, we had the worst season that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. We went 2-8. and eight. And I, and I remember just how, like, pissed off I was. And, like, I came to Penn to win championships and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we just had the worst season. And it doesn't look like – that. I mean, it's tough for a team to think you go from 2-8 and eight to winning championships. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, no way. And But there was something different about this year. Like, everybody just grabbed home. Like, we are going to fight our way out of this. Mm-hmm. So we go, we go and play Villanova, who's ranked. And first quarter – not first quarter. Yeah, for the first couple series go by, and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling it. Like, tonight just feels so special. I'm like, I'm about to rack off a couple sacks. Like, yeah. I've, already, I've already gotten there a couple times. Like, this is this is going to be so, this is going to be a real special night. And then one of the plays, quarterback rolls out of the pocket, and I'm there, and he goes to step up, and I just go to plant to kind of fulfill the tackle, mm-hmm. and my knee pops. And... He, you know, it kind of slowed me down a couple steps, and he gets away and everything. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of weird. Like, I've never had that happen to me in my life. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll backtrack a little bit. Freshman year, um, I got double teamed on one play, um, and my kneecap, like, popped out and popped mm. back in. So, like, I kind of knew what that felt like. And thankfully, I didn't tear anything on my knee. So I was thinking, okay, like, you know, I'll feel the aftermath of that, um, you know, tomorrow. I'm not worried about a, a knee pop. Like, I, yeah. like, I was like, that was an insane pain that was in my knee that, like, physically stopped me from moving. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this can't be anything. Yeah. I'm like, this was something. I, I kept playing. Uh-huh. I just, I kept going. And then I remember um, it was, like, third down, and we forced him to punt, but it was, like, on that play, like, I was running, and my knee kind of, like, buckled. Oh, okay. And I was like, all right, like, my knee just kind of feels loose. I'm like, I'm going to just go talk to the trainers and have them, like, wrap it up like they did that one when, when my kneecap popped out to just kind of keep everything tight. Okay. And I go, and I just tell them, like, yeah, like, can you guys just wrap my knee up real quick? Like, um, it just feels a little loose. And they're like, loose? <laughs> so they oh, start, shit. I'm just like, yeah, wrap it up. Like, hurry up. I got to, I, like, we're doing a defensive breakdown right now. I got to I gotta hear what's going on. And uh-huh. they're like, no, 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 hold on. Start doing the tests. Uh-huh. And I remember they just were like, 
it's it's weird when you're the player and you're like you're watching the game you're letting the trainers do what they're doing and then you kind of like notice them like get quiet and then like they're like whispering and stuff and you kind of <laughs> like look back and you're like yo are you guys gonna wrap my knee or what yeah and they're like uh you're done Ooh. and I was like what do you mean I'm done mm-hmm. and they're just like well, we think that you tore your ACL mm. and then even that when they said that it was like uh you know, like you watch a you watch a show and someone hears like bad news, yeah. like glass just breaks, mm-hmm. and it was it was literally like that. Like every like I just got hit with like a, a shock wave of emotions, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "There's no way," mm-hmm. and I just started crying, like I just broke down, and everything, all the hard work, all of that flashed through my eyes. And I was like, I thought about every moment where I just like kept telling my like, gotta push harder, gotta keep doing more, like this is going to be the year, mm-hmm. all that, every like all the sacrifices, all the stuff I put in just flashed by my eyes, and I was like, are you serious? Like it's mm-hmm. done. And this is still about you know during the time where like ACL was like the death sentence. Like mm-hmm. you didn't hear, I mean yeah, it's only a few years ago, but only now has like ACL tears has just been like okay, like yeah. unfortunate, just like a year. And then you're back. Right. Like, this was, I was like, I'm done football-wise. Like, yeah. I'm, this could be it. And then, it was, a, it was a, that was like the, the bad emotions that came with it. The good emotions was like, this is what my parents were talking about. Like, this is why, mm-hmm. like, I came here. Uh, another great thing was like, I know the big thing with Penn was like the alumni support being like family and everything like that. And... I know a big selling point where they're like, yeah, whatever happens on the field, like you're always going to be a part of the family. Mm-hmm. But so that happened. And I was just like, I, I'm worthless now. Mm-hmm. Like what do <laughs> yeah, I, I was just shocked yeah. in a sense. And I was just like, if I'm not balling out on the field, like are alumni going to still like yeah, recognize okay. me or like still want anything to do with me? Like, what's my life going to look like now? And I remember getting a call from one of my mentors, um, you know, a big contributor to why I went to Penn, and he called me uh, literally just a couple of days after I toured, and he was like, you know, I don't want you to think that this changes how myself or anybody in, you know, in our alumni network, like, views you, you know? Like, some schools, like, yeah, like, football play kind of determines where you stand, but they're like, here, like, you came, you came apart to be, a, you know, with the Penn family, mm-hmm. and you're always going to be a part of it, and so that was, like, a big, like, okay, like, just, like, gave me some relief in the sense of just, like, all right, like, I'm going to be all right, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and that's why I came here, and that's, you know, I wanted to prepare for if, when football was over, and, like, that was my first sense of, like, all right, like, who knows what my football career is going to look like now? Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a guy, the, my, one of the f- dudes my freshman year towards ACL, and he came back a drastically different player. Okay. And then yeah. went through another knee injury, and then just knee injuries were just always hanging over his head, and mm-hmm. he could never hit that potential that like we once saw out of him freshman year. And so, I was. It was still very hard to deal with, and I had another mentor that just really, like, grabbed hold of me and just helped bring me out of whatever rut I was in, um, got me to read a book, uh, Resilient, mm-hmm. and, I mean, that just changed my mental standpoint drastically, and I'd have conversations with my mentor probably, like, once 
um, at least like once a week, just mm-hmm. updates on like where my head's at, like how am I handling adversity and just how am I viewing things and all that. And it was just like, this became a true test on my mental, um, my mental strength mm-hmm. and, and how I can handle like true adversity. Like you can only measure adversity of what you've dealt with. And now I'm like, I'm in a sphere where I haven't dealt with any of this. So this was like a huge shock. So, um, he was a big piece that just a lot of prayer and I was in, I mean, in my Bible all the time and just trying to get my mind into the right spot and just grabbing hold to what God, you know, had in store for me and God's plan. And because like this, that process could really give you a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and stress that just, and once you start dealing with that, if you don't know how to fight it off, like that starts taking away from the activities you're doing through the day. And like, that starts hindering the process of getting better. You right. Know? So, um, that was, that was, a, that was a huge test. And, uh, and I, I mean, I went through my surgery. I mean, my, my parents weren't even there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I take care of myself. Yeah. That's walk, right. All on your own, yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was wild. And, you know, doctors on playing like, oh, yeah, you'll, you know, you might be feeling better to even like come out to the game and stuff. And I remember like, I could not, mm-hmm. if I, if my knee moved a little bit, I was yeah. in excruciating. Yeah. So then you had a similar, yeah. Yeah. Toward in high school. Yeah. So it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. But I just took on like this mindset of like, dude, I, I'm going to just do everything I can that I can control. So like any mental piece, I'm going to be as positive as possible. I'm going to be there for my teammates, like, I and the, the backup for me was an upperclassman, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to be right in this corner, rooting him on, giving him any tips, or anything that I see, or just whatever, like, I'm going to be a huge, just, I'm not going to let this change who I am, or be a burden on not only myself, but the people around me, so, um, but that was, that was hard, because then I was, I had to do everything on my own, Yeah, in a sense of, like, people are practicing, I'm in... I'm, I'm in my, with my physical trainer, like in a different part of the building, Mm -hmm. you know, or even when I was able to start getting on the field, they're practicing. I'm in a small corner going through my own drills. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where like, Hey, like I can't, um, you have a lot of stuff that you kind of have to do on your own. And, um, like when no one's looking and behind closed doors and stuff. And like, I know people that, just you can go through the motions you can do it here and there yeah and i think i was like i'm or and and it's weird because in the injury time you can't overdo it too right where like you think like all right like i'm or just do more and then like i was and i, I took that stance a little bit and i started noticing like all right i'm hurting myself now mm-hmm. like i'm getting tendonitis and i'm getting things and like i'm putting my body at in positions that it's not ready to handle okay, like, I'm going to just follow, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to be real tedious about everything. Like, if they tell me to do this much, I'm going to do that much, but I'm going to make sure I'm going to give it my all so it's worth something and not half it. And, um, it was, it was a real struggle of a process. And then even after the fact, it was like, all right, like, what are the things I need to do to make sure, like, one, this never happens again and yeah, just best prepare myself for steps moving forward. And I remember coming back, um, I got my, so the injured leg, I got to be 110% of my right leg. So I came back where my leg was actually better yeah. than it was before. And I still didn't know what my year was going to look like. And then here I am junior year in the same spot where I'm like, 
somebody just played a whole season. Uh, you know, freshman year I was able to do my thing, but then we had the coaching change, so I had to go through the whole process of proving it all again. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, we don't know what type of player this guy's going to look like. So I had to go through the whole thing, prove myself all over again. Like I can still play ball. Like don't hang, don't hang this whole thing. Yeah. Like the ACL, whatever. Like oh, he's just coming back or whatever. Like I was like, I'm don't ease me in. I'm like, I'm going to have this spot because, like, I deserve it and all that, and I'm going to show, like, I'm ready to play. Mm-hmm. So junior year comes around, and it was almost like my junior year of high school again where I was like, okay, everything, every little, like, I just lost a year. In the Ivy League, you don't know, so you don't have five years, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, you use up basically all four years of your eligibility like that you don't get the red shirts you don't get any of that and okay. if you want a medical red shirt there's a very like small window that one you're eligible for it and then you still have to appeal to get it mm-hmm. so you don't know if you're going to get that so i'm thinking okay i came here to make the nfl who knows what that's going to look like now i need to make the most of the two years that i got left so i was in the sense of like i like i was playing in junior high school where I was like, I'm back on my videos. Like, like, how did I get here? You know? And like, like who, who am I as a player again and all that? And then just got myself like on edge every game. And like, this was like a big, like got to prove myself type of thing. Right. I remember, and no one in the league knows about me. I just had the silent year. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm a big question mark to everybody. So I'm like, okay, like they don't, they, they don't know. And so I go through it, and the first, like, three games, like, silent. Like, I'm just a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going through plays. You know, then there's – I just forget, like, okay, like, there's there's something different in games versus practices and things like that. So I kind of, like, figure things out. And, like, the kind of, like, nuances in the game that I think were about to click for me my sophomore year – that I just needed to want, I had to like relearn the experience that I've already gained and then start making the steps towards being a better player. And so I think it finally hit by our first league game against Dartmouth and like had a great game. That was a CBS Friday night game. And yeah. it's probably like the closest thing that kind of felt like Friday night lights, like the, the high school days. Okay. And and then I had a big game, and I remember my coaches came, and or uh, one of the coaches, our defense coordinator, like pulled me aside and was like, "Okay, like this is probably the best game I've seen out of you, and like mm-hmm. I, you know, I think we're finally getting on the right direction where like I know you can be and all that." So that's where I started to get a hint. Okay, I'm on the right track, and then you know started having great league performance. I think the one that kind of said it again was when we played Harvard my junior year. Under the lights on CBS again, and then you know get three sacks and a pick. Yeah, six. okay. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, like <laughs> I finally am figuring this out. Like I'm, I'm back. Like this is where like I always dreamed that like I could play and and make you know big plays and do all that. So I was like, all right, things are clicking for me. And then that's kind of like what stood and got you know the league recognition and all that. So I was like, all right. Like, senior year, like, now it's time to hammer it home. Like, yeah, this is where, yeah. like, I really solidify, like, I'm NFL ready and all that. And that was, like, 
you know, so like after that season, now we have like NFL coaches like coming in and, you know, have me take like the tests and do like measurements and whatever. So I'm like, okay, like I'm on the right track. I'm back on track yeah. in a sense. Like I lost a year, but I got it back, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then senior year comes and now like I'm, I'm a highlighted guy in a sense where I start noticing I'm like every, it was the most frustrating thing, but I'm like, and it sounds so bad because I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that would have to blame anything on schematics. But I'm like, teams are literally, I only have a handful of plays that are really coming my way. Mm. Like, I'm like, the plays that I want to like have to make are, are the plays that I make are like in the opposite direction. Like, you find me on the other side of the field. Okay. Trying like, you know, teams are running away from me. Chase downs. All the, yeah, chase like everything just like, and not only like chase downs, but still leaving people to like occupy me. Mm. So... In that, and then, like, only, like, changing their game from having dropbacks to making everything quick passes, throwing cuts, like, just trying to do anything so that, like, um, I just, I guess, opportunity-wise, it just felt a lot more limited, mm-hmm. in a sense. But I was just like, I got to keep fighting. Like, I mean, this, I, I'm every big player, you know, any any highlighted player, he goes, you know, they still find ways to make plays. Right, right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's how it is so I was like still doing it but I was just like I didn't get that taste of like explosive like game changing plays like I did the year before Mm -hmm. and it was a frustrating time because I was a captain at that point and we weren't winning we so we won the two championships the year before so not only that but like every team giving us their best because we're the two time defending champs okay and you know being captain it was just like me and one other uh, one other guy who's in the league right now who was the other freshman that rose his hand to be in the NFL uh-huh. and we were just like this is tough like you, as a captain you want to you want to shoulder every you want to shoulder all the burden you want to you want to point the finger at yourself only and tell the team like you know like just keep working like we're going to we're going to get through this we're going to get out of it and then you're like all right what more can i can do you know like how how do i how do i change this like what more can I do yeah. to help just impact the game? Mm-hmm. And so from my standpoint, it was like hard because I'm trying to like figure it out. And I'm like trying to just, I'm just finding the mental battle of like, well, like let's, let's do more. Like what, what, what else, where else can I go? What else can I do? All that. So uh, it was an interesting process, but uh, we ended up the, the season on a positive note in a sense, obviously not where we wanted to be. We mm-hmm. would have loved to, repeat but um it was it was a rocky road but the the journey was definitely insightful just for i guess like looking back like we never gave up in that sense mm-hmm. and just you know continue to to show show up each day and give it our all and like that's really all you can ask for and, and some teams kind of pack it in you know and you can kind of tell when they pack it in, and they're like, all right, like, we didn't hit our goal, so we're done. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I would definitely say, like, for our group and, you know, the senior class that I was with, like, did a great job of just, like, look, we're not – just because things don't go the way that we wanted to doesn't make an excuse to, to call it. Right. You know? So, and that, you know, it's a life lesson. You know, not everything goes your way. And, like, that's kind of, like, how I view my – my career at the sense of like things might not go your way but you know as long as you control everything you can control 
and that's all you can ask for. And so, like, upon reflecting and when we came back at the end of the season, it was it was a very positive reflection where we're just, like, you're proud of what you did. Because you just, you, my freshman year, like, they gave up. Mm-hmm. Like, you could definitely tell. Yeah. Like, this, like, people were done with the season a couple, like, after our first couple losses. Wow. Because they came, the year before, they went on a, on a two-peat. And and then that year they were trying to go for a three, mm-hmm. and then they go on like a couple, you know, three four losses. We're like, all right, we can't win. Mm-hmm. And then it just sky, it just, it really dove. Yeah. So and we just we were experiencing that freshman year, and then going through the highs. We're like, we're not going back to that low point. You know, like we want to at least leave it in a, in a position that we can, you know, step away and be proud of. So and I think we did that, and you know, that's something to be proud of for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, like, next steps, in a sense, like, go through that, and my, since I did get hurt my sophomore year, came down to a decision time of, like, all right, do I want to just accept the fact that I'm done, in a sense, where, and just leave it up to see what the NFL thinks, and try Mm -hmm. to get out and go that way. Or do I want to appeal for a medical redshirt and see what happens, see if I can come back, and then just kind of see what doors open up from there. Mm-hmm. And I took a you know look back, and we had a few fifth-year guys that ended up getting their medical redshirts, so I figured it wasn't. Um, and I knew that mine was in a position where my case would be favorable, so I applied, and... Only because, like, after seeing that senior year, I just wasn't comfortable um, seeing that that was, like, I didn't have that same high note that I had my yeah, junior year. Yeah, okay. As, like, I'd wanted, and coming from an Ivy League, like, that's kind of what you need. Like, you, you need, you, you can't afford, at least from, like, the NFL eyes, like, the question's always going to be, like, well, is the competition good enough? Right. So, like, end yeah. of the day, like, they always want to, like, you got to be top dog all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'd like to say that I was, but still, the highlights look a little bit different, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I figured, all right, if I'm going to do this the right way, like, I got, I I have a chance of getting an extra year, like, let's, let's, let's give it the full, the full ride. And so, appealed for it and got it. And then it came down to an interesting decision of trying to figure out, so the norm is... If you get the fifth year, then now you have to go through a whole like academic council at at Penn to mm-hmm. convince them that you need to stay at least another semester. Mm-hmm. And now they ch- so to try to set this up, they try to help you and like hey look like if you get hurt like early, so like people like got hurt early with me, like they get like all right we want to slow down the academic pace right yeah. But I think I kind of fell through the cracks, and we, I stay, I, I didn't have a conversation with anybody about my academic pace, mm-hmm. and I was already on a double major, and a rigorous uh, pace just to make sure that I can graduate on time with a double major, mm-hmm. and but I, everything kind of, you know, I mapped it out and I was on pace, and then by my senior year, like. I didn't really have 
really any classes that I could argue mm. that would throw, that would prove that I needed more time. Right. So, you know, that kind of was like, okay, so like I, this, now, now the next step of the argument of getting my fifth year approved, like becomes like an academic issue. And I'm like, okay, well, the NCAA has already granted me my fifth year. So like what other options do I have? Like, just to explore. Yeah. And, I mean, my thought was, all right, like, we're going to make the, we're going to figure it out at Penn. Like, worst comes to worst, I'll, um, you know, sit out for my, my last semester or something. And then I'll have some classes I need to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, I'll look. And so I found, uh, well, the NCAA started to make a shift and started to be, like, real favorable towards... Yes graduate transfers right to like where they're at now right yeah exactly and i mean they've even taken another step so before it i mean this is just in the matter of years uh, one year but they didn't have a portal mm-hmm. or a transfer portal or anything like that and they have that now this year so like now you're in the database and every yeah. school is notified when a player is mm-hmm. n- you know signing off on a team and saying all right like or announcing i want to enter the portal and every right. team gets you know a file and say like, all right look this is a player available to be transferred over to your school if you want mm-hmm. so it was a little bit different in my end but uh i since i did you know i had a, a really good uh recruiting process going through high school kind of built i guess uh, like a small little network in a sense where okay. you know coaches are aware of who i am and everything and some coaches you know kept tallies of how i'm doing and stuff like that so then when they kind of heard that um, I'm available for a possible graduate transfer that kind of took care of itself mm-hmm. and started. But now, like, I'm in the sense where I talked about it before, social media wasn't a big player in the sense, well, now news spreads really fast. Like, I don't need yeah. to contact a, a news reporter or anything like that. Like, one person kind of can, once it's out in the social yeah. world, like, the, they kind of handle itself. And coaches already do a great job, like, you know, talking about all the coaches talk and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, news got out some way or another, and the ball just started rolling. And then I started getting contacted by a bunch of people. And and at that point, I was at the same situation I was before, where I was like, okay, I only want to be at a high academic school, yeah. right? Like, this is still still the same, same story. Like, I want to prepare myself. I want to better it and, and I mean for me like a big part like I definitely wanted to stay you know at Penn and everything like that but like the Ivy League doesn't allow for graduates to play in the Ivy League oh they don't no okay. so that was the big issue it's not like I left it's not like I left Penn because I, I wanted to leave yeah and it was just that I had a tough case academically and they don't allow graduates to play there so with that kind of being it needed a new option and a master's meant um, a lot to my family mm-hmm. and knowing that I was just like all right this will be something I'll, I'll look into and so for myself it was like I came out of pen like I want to make sure that I get another you know I get a master's that kind of still shows the the academic side to myself mm-hmm. and so that's still kind of shut out you know, some other schools that would contact me about it, and I'm just like, it just doesn't, you know, 
sign up to par or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which got me down to it got me down between Duke and Vandy. Okay. And Vandy, I had great ties with Coach Mason, who's there, and he was recruiting me when he was at Stanford. Oh, there's a connection there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they actually have a lot of Stanford like ex coaches that are now at Vandy, mm-hmm. so a lot of them knew me, and so that was just like. You know, Duke's like a completely different system, everything like that. Um, and the majors that they offered were were also different. But Vandy, I definitely was like, okay, I already went like the heavy academic side. And I'm like, now what made the Vandy thing special is I can enter a system where like I don't necessarily have to go through that weird introduction phase again. Yeah. Where, like, it's hard enough when you're coming into a system with, like, being the new guy amongst your teammates. Mm-hmm. But it's even harder when you're new with the teammates and the coaches. Mm-hmm. So, a thing, like, a great thing with that was, like, I felt like we, you know, had a great relationship with the coaches there already. Mm-hmm. And especially my D-line coach there, too. And it was just, like, that seemed like a seamless transition because he was very similar to my D-line coach that was at Penn. So I was, like, I just felt, like, really at home. And then I was thinking to myself, like, you don't – people from California don't get the opportunity to play in the SEC. Right. Like, that's, that is something, like – It's huge. Yeah, yeah, you don't hear about that. And that's – it's kind of something, like, the SEC kind of has, like, that stigma where, like, they refuse to re- recruit – California kids unless you're like the top of the top because back and especially back when I was going through the recruiting in high school it was like California dudes like tend to leave Mm -hmm. they tend to go back to California if they go to like in anywhere in like the east or the south just Mm -hmm. because of the weather shock yeah and we're just like kind of not used to it which is why a lot of California guys in my opinion kind of stay in like the Pac-12 and everything like that's that's how when I grew up it's like you're in the West Coast, Pac-12 is the big conference. Like, that's what mm-hmm. you, like, you made the top, whatever. But I was like, the SEC, like, that's the top, that yeah, is the yeah. best conference in college football. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to say that, and it just felt like the net, like, my, my thought process looking in, it was like, I'm playing football at the highest level, for one, and, like, it'll truly test whether NFL's a possibility for me or not, mm-hmm. in that sense, where it was just like, I could walk away from the game knowing one I played, yeah, at the highest high level, level, played against the top competition, and like, and if I don't play, like, I know, like, I can walk away because I'm like, I just, I, I, I couldn't do it, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's for a reason, like, I just went to the highest level and it just didn't work out. So, knowing that, I was like, that's, that's for sure my next step, and so I get to Vandy, and it's a, it's freshman year all over again, <laughs> another year to introduce myself, and I'm, I'm with the freshmen, yeah. I'm, I'm a fifth year dude, I'm t- 22, yeah. around a bunch of 17, 18 year olds, and uh, it's, that was, you know, but I already have four years of college football experience behind me and everything, mm-hmm. and so, but I'm treated like a freshman, I was given a, a gray, non-logoed shirt, and just some some plain workout <laughs> pants and like Damn. you gotta prove your stuff like, you gotta earn it uh-huh. like we don't just give stuff out around here Dang, okay. but I was like yeah like I respect that like I'm definitely a new guy around here mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, accelerated through just because I did have the experience and everything and and so um, that kind of took care of itself but again the same 
kind of mindset that I have been going through each time. It was just stay true to who I was as a football player and mm-hmm. and just try I'm I think the big thing was just putting my ego aside, really. When I'm just like I'm a new guy again and it, and that's the toughest thing to do and I think that's the hardest transition for a lot of players that have to go through the high school to Yeah to college where you're like I went from being the guy to yeah. like now like like I'm the dude that they just like throw into any drill and like you know like I'm the the practice dummy right now and yeah. like, that's kind of tough and like I got to kind of skip that when I went through it but then like I told you through my past history it was like I had to go through the whole mm-hmm. prove myself moments multiple times so it was like I, I, I've been there you know and so that kind of took care of itself. I was able to, to make the proper steps and just look like I'm just here to get better each and every day. And like, I just want to help the team out mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Like, I don't want to impose on whatever, you know, whoever the top guys are, whatever the culture is, whatever, like I'm just, you know, whatever I can, you know, wherever I can add my abilities to just help the team and whatever that looks like in any shape or form, like I'm here to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if that's taking a step back and maybe just being a, a mental coach for some of the younger guys or whatever but Mm. thankfully god had a different path for me and it kind of you know filed itself out and we go into game one and have a killer game one and like that was that was my first taste of big time ball right and then that was another night game and it was it was uh it was great man like that's being there, I was like, okay, I'm getting the taste of, of what I what I thought I missed out on, mm-hmm. you know, going to Penn and everything, and from the football standpoint, I mean, just running out to a crowd of yeah. you know, 40, and I mean, for us, like, for Vandy, they have a smaller stadium than some of the other schools, so it was like 40, but it was still, like, that's something way different than I'm used to, mm-hmm. and it was just a complete culture shock, and then just the schedule we played, I mean, we were ranked... We had the seventh hardest schedule in all of college football. Sheesh. Every I think we only had three games that weren't ranked opponents. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we 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 went we went through it. Yeah, like it was it was a ringer for sure. And I mean, each we're going against top rated linemen. Yeah, I mean the people I'm going like a lot of them in the NFL right now and. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the true competition. Like that, that was a different game. Like <laughs> that, that was a test, right? Yeah, and it was great, man. I, it was so. I mean, my body went through it though. I mean, by <laughs> yeah, the end I of it, by the end of it, I was completely wrapped up. I mean, my trainers used to joke about it and everything, but it, I mean, end of the season, I had a cast on, mm-hmm. had the, I had a appendicitis one game oh, or shit. that like, yeah, I had to sit out. Brace? So I had to sit out for the Georgia week. Oh, because. Yeah, I just came and my stomach was killing me, and they take me to the hospital, and I have appendicitis. No way. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, like, what? They're like, oh yeah, the surgery's not bad, yeah. whatever. Like, it'll be, you know, you'll be back before you know. It's like, all right, cool. Like, how how many days? And they're like, nah, it's like two to three weeks. Oh. And then like, but then you're an athlete, so really it's going to be six weeks. Because Ooh. any incision on your stomach puts oh, you at risk okay. for hernia, so they're like, we have to make sure everything completely heals before you can start exerting yourself, and okay. then on top of that. You're gonna be out of condition and all this stuff, and we have to build you back so your body can handle it. And I was just like, I came here to play. Yeah, I didn't come here to to get only you know half a season in, and mm-hmm. then not be able to, and then to call it you know call it that. I was I was I was shocked. So I told him like, no, 
oh shit. I'm like, what do you mean now? I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting surgery. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And they're like, oh, I mean, thankfully I had the choice because like it wasn't ruptured. Where oh, rupture okay. is like, you have to go into it. It was just. Because it could be deadly, right? The fluid yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You could, you could die from that. Yeah. And, and I was just like, yeah, they, they scanned and everything and they're like, no, like you have to get it taken out. It was like a pretty like interesting story how this <laughs> how this all played out, but like a different we got a a different like the main doctors left, a new doctor comes in, like tells us about this other process that they do in like Europe and stuff, and mm-hmm. then he leaves and then the the new doctors come back and they're like, Wait, like how do you know about all this stuff? And then like they leave again, like, yeah, like just tell them about like just just say it like this and then so like we tell the new doctors, like oh, we're hearing some totally different uh-huh. and then they get all like mad about it and they're like you shouldn't know about this all and so mm-hmm. but long story short we end up talking my way into like opting out to like a different form of treatment mm-hmm. that they've like never done on they never done in that area oh wow or in the u.s really and not only not even for athletes like so this is something completely different mm-hmm. go through it and so they don't know how this is going to happen, like how this, what's going to go down there. Everyone's on pins and needles. And I'm like, dude, just give me a rib protector yeah. and we're going to like, I don't care if it bursts, then like, you know, we're back at stage one. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to get surgery. Right. So yeah. like the, the least I can do is try to give myself a chance. And like, they were telling me all the percentages, like, you know, this could happen, this could happen. Then like, I was like, well, then I'm back in the hospital. So like, it doesn't change anything for me. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I had the rib protector on. Uh, the knee braces to make sure. I mean, once I got that scare, I'm like, I always play with the knee brace mm-hmm. at least on my left leg, and so I mean, I'm I'm covered up, you know, head to toe. I had yeah. a bunch of stingers one game, so I'm in the neck brace or not the neck brace, but the uh, the cowboy collar. Oh, okay, so, yeah. yeah. So I mean, old I had school. It. Huh? Yeah, I had it all. <laughs> it was uh, it was funny, but I I mean, every moment of that. And so another big thing, I was like. I want to see what a bowl looks like, oh, you know, okay, and yeah, like for yeah. Vandy, like that was something that was like, they kind of are always like teetering around whether or not they're bowl eligible. And so that was one of the goals that I remember being in because all the teams that recruited me in high school all ended up going to multiple bowl games. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I know one thing. I got the taste of the, the big time ball. You know, I got a new experience getting to play in the SEC, which is something I didn't have on the table. And I'm like, all right, so the only thing I want is to go to a bowl game at this point. Mm-hmm. And so we have a couple just nail biters towards the end of the season. Ole Miss, we have to go into overtime to beat with two receivers that were like, you know, top, top yeah, rated yeah. in their position. Right. Draft picks. And, uh, yeah. Um, Brown, right? Brown. Yeah. yeah. Freak of nature is these dudes. And then, and with Tiamu as her freaking quarterback, like that, that was just wild. And I'm, I mean, yeah, and I'm playing in the cast and trying to play <laughs> against these dudes, and we went in OT yeah. big time, and all my boys from Penn were out at the game, and they, they flew down, and that was a major win. Heck yeah. So that just kept our bowl hopes alive. Yeah. And then we had to play Tennessee, big rivalry game, and we were both five and six, mm-hmm. so like this really determines mm. who goes to a bowl game. And so... With everything on the everything on the line, and obviously the whole talk, like nobody gives Vandy respect, and it was just 
you know, we're, we're just back in our own. And it just kind of felt like how I was at Penn. Like, we never get respect. All the, all the looks always like Harvard, you know, Harvard's everything they talk about, mm-hmm. Yale, whatever, you know, Princeton. Those are the people. Like, never, never Penn. Never yeah. Penn. Like, oh, Penn won, it's fluke, whatever. <laughs> so that's how I kind of viewed it at, at Vandy. And, but like, this is somewhere I've been, you know? And so, like, we were all in the, like, we're going to shock the world and we're going to do it. And, you know, we, Beat them down thoroughly. Yeah, got a dub, and uh, off to a bowl game. And so that was just uh, the last like real check mark I really wanted right there in that mm-hmm. experience. And, and I mean, really, the last one was just to win it. I mean, we played Baylor, and a, you know, real tough opponent, and you know, a lot of stuff happened. But the experience there, absolutely amazing to play in the Texans Stadium and be mm-hmm. be a part of all of that, and just to be on like the real big stage and. You know, miss Christmas, which was interesting. Uh, I've always missed Thanksgiving, but never, never missed uh, Christmas. So to be out Christmas to play, mm-hmm. play some ball, like that's, that's you know, it's, it definitely is a dream come true. But th- those are things that I only wanted after knowing I took care of everything academically. Right. right? Like it would have been a different standpoint, I guess, if I just went straight into it, but. I was real appreciative of everything that was going on at Vandy because of the experience at Penn. Like, mm-hmm. it was the resources there, like, are more dedicated towards the academics. Were like, and Vandy's a very high academic school, so, mm-hmm. and they definitely put a lot of resources into their academics, too. But they also put a lot of their <laughs> resources into football. Like, this is SEC ball, like, you have to compete and you yeah, have to play. Of course. So, um, and, you know, this might have been different than it was at other SEC schools. But for me, I mean, it was like anything that we got there, I was like, I was in heaven. I was like, this is this is something I've, I've never experienced before. So mm-hmm. I was I was just very appreciative of, of everything that they were able to provide to succeed on the field. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the academics, was it harder for you to going through your master's program and like the master's level classes and playing football in that year with uh, Vandy? I would say... Vandy's academic uh, rigors definitely separates itself in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Wharton prepares you like mm-hmm. no other place. So I didn't find a difficult transition at all. I think my more difficult transition was now football means m- more, mm-hmm. you know? So, and it's. It's interesting because you're not an undergrad, right? So a master's, like, you're going into a sense of, like, a lot of people are already kind of working and doing school. So right. they're kind of under the, the standpoint, like, you're you're a true adult at mm-hmm. that point where it's like, we're just, this is the work you need to get done. We have a ton of resources for you to learn. And this is, like, the mandatory stuff, yeah. right? And they're all uh, of different requirements and rigors and stuff. But, like, now... I don't know, undergrad, there's, like, a lot of hoops you have to jump for and a lot of formalities and just mm-hmm. a lot of things that you have to kind of do. But now they know, like, all right, people are working, people are interviewing, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay. And, like, they still have to go through the schooling. So, like, they, they do a really good job at Vandy working with you and understanding, like, your life isn't school all the time now. You know, undergrad, it's like, if you're not a football player, you're literally just doing school, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, for some less fortunate, you know, work on the side and stuff or whatever. But for the main part, undergrads, like, school is the main focus and everything like that. But, like, masters, mm-hmm. it's like, you are you know, you got other things in life going on. And you have some parents in there and 
you know, you, you have people that are that are still working that are using this to kind of help them find a new job, and you know, everyone's got so much stuff going on, so they do they do a really good job. But I think Penn and Wharton just prepared me fantastically, mm-hmm. and so I was I was I was not out of place in that sense, and and I was able. But I I also learned like again, it was another humbling like culture experience where coming from like the East coast and the South is different. And like the people that I was, I was with were I'm used to encountering like a lot of Ivy league people where like everyone there is kind of from like Alabama, Ole Miss, like Clemson, like top of their class and everything. Okay. But it like their lives are different as like, as well. Yeah. So like just kind of being around people like that or just people that, um, you know, have worked for three or four years but like in that like southern region and just listening to their experiences and things that they've learned and kind of like the difference uh the different focus that goes into um life because the big thing like i said like wall street finance and that thing's like now it's almost like different focus when you come down south so um it was it was another culture building experience (laughs) there you go yeah one way to describe it definitely so on the field because you mentioned at Penn there was like that one moment where that guy from Villanova you know put you on the ground with one hand but was there anything like that at Vanderbilt with you know offensive linemen or was it maybe just like a a stadium or something that kind of took you by shock and really just like oh shit I'm in the SEC you know yeah definitely two of two moments one was our first SEC game which was against South Carolina Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I remember my strength coach Coach Dobson just kept saying, like, for all you players that don't understand, like, yeah, we just played some um, out-of-conference games, and, you know, it's hard, but he's like, there is something different about SEC football, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, you know, just trying to hype us up and, like, get us get us ready and serious for, for conference game, but... That first snap, I completely, I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, <laughs> these, I mean, these, everyone, I mean, because... Our first two out of conference games, like I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not ever gonna say like I'm intimidated by size, but like I almost felt like I had an advantage in mm-hmm. size for our out of conference games. And mm-hmm. then when we get in conference, I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I'm looking at like dudes similar to our starting offensive line that we have here. Yeah. You know? But all around the board, and now I gotta go a whole game with them, mm-hmm. and so that was, South Carolina was, like, the moment, and, uh, yeah, that was a dogfight, that one was a, that was a real dogfight, and, and that was a stormy game, and it rained, it rained in and everything, mm-hmm. so that was, like, an interesting experience, <laughs> um, and then, stadium-wise, like, Notre Dame, oh, was just, yeah, like, a yeah. wow, a wow moment, like, the history, I mean, completely sold out, 90,000 or however many. Um, but, I mean, just, like, that's stuff you see on TV or yeah. on NBC. And, you know, I'm just like, can't believe I'm here. Yeah. Number, you know, seven at the time. Or they might have been even lower. And undefeated. They were undefeated. Mm-hmm. We had, I forget our record, but, you know, we're going in like we're about to shock the world, you know, <laughs> and at their place, and we have a little small little section, and everything else is all green and blue, and their student section is going crazy, and yeah, I remember being in the game, it was like fourth, it was fourth quarter, like two, three minutes left, and this is like the drive where we're like, all right, we need to stop so we can give our offense a chance to just 
go a little two-minute drill and get the win. Yeah. And I just remember it was like third down and long. Or not, it was like third and like six. Uh-huh. And I'm just looking around, taking a breath, and I'm just like looking at the stadium like, wow, like this is this is a moment, you yeah. know? And, and then the, the line comes up, and there's four guys on my side, and they do the tackle over with the tight end oh, and I'm shit. lined up as like a five tech so I'm just seeing just bodies left <laughs> and right of me I'm like oh my gosh here we go like yeah. I'm about to have to sell myself out for the team yeah. and uh because I knew there was about to be a triple team or something yeah. just right down my neck but yeah that was that was a special moment and then Arkansas Arkansas Stadium is insane mm-hmm. that place fits about 90 or two maybe 100 and wow Oh yeah, that felt like an NFL. St- I mean that. I mean it's just built like vertically and multiple levels, and mm-hmm. that was a special place to play at. And their type of like <clears throat> their tradition that they do there, their chant, their their crowd chants some weird pig stuff. <laughs> um, and then same with Kentucky. I remember rolling up to Kentucky, and from the outs, I mean their their stadium's kind of like isolated away from the school and just nothing but. Uh, tailgaters and everything like that and like when you're walking in like you have to walk through all their fans and everything oh, okay. and yeah so they heckling you and stuff oh yeah and yeah and their stadium the, the way that their stadium's built it seemed it seemed very nfl-esque mm-hmm. so it, very similar to a lot of nfl stadiums you at least see on tv and stuff so mm-hmm. um that was a real special real special place to play that mm-hmm. game there too but i mean every every place i think had a real I mean, even our own stadium, mm-hmm. like our stadium felt real special to me. I was like, it, it's a little bit smaller than the other ones in the SEC, but like having, yeah, it was, Vandy's also just another top one, I'd say, mm-hmm. for sure. Every place was just like a real kind of special place. I can't really think of a place that might have disappointed me. <laughs> everything, everything, I was like, this is, this is, this is real special. Mm-hmm. Well, so speaking of TV and special moments, you had like an individual special moment where you made SportsCenter top ten with that cool yeah. interception. I believe it was against Tennessee, correct? No, that was a, that was Arkansas. Arkansas. Now that I think about it, yeah. But how did that feel just to kind of like see yourself on like SportsCenter top ten and, and even being at the end of the season because they did like the best play by lineman, correct? So you had you know that at the end of the season, but also that during the season. What was that like seeing yourself? Yeah, that was that was wild. Um, I didn't so like you have a lot of downtime after the game and you have to get yourself ready and I tried staying away from my phone as much as I could until like I was on the and I think my phone was dead anyway, so I couldn't even see anything <laughs> that was going on. Yeah. And I didn't even know what it looked like or anything. I just everyone's like I got the game I got like the defensive game ball for that for that game and uh I was just I was just real just like proud to kinda of have another moment similar to kind of my junior year because um I had a couple tackles, a couple pass deflections, a sack, and it was like that kind of brought me back to like the Harvard game. Mm-hmm. And so like even back when I was there, like I got the, the like nominated for like the Peisman Award back then. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking like, oh, like I wonder kind of how this will shape out. And then I I get on the bus, and then everyone's like tripping out like, yo, Lou, like this is you. <laughs> like it was on like the Snapchat like uh, like Discovery mm-hmm. stories that they had like Dang. a few plate like. The, ESPN had it, mm-hmm. college football game day, like all the bunches of sports-related things just were like sh- showing it. And 
Yeah, just a lot of my friends, and, and a lot of them were like, like it was a notification for some people. Yeah, like, people were like just screenshotting like ESPN, just yeah. giving me a shout out, and like they got notified just like a notification on their phone. And I was just like, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so at that point, I'm just kind of thinking, like, I wonder, I wonder if I'll get on ESPN this time because when I did it against Harvard. ESPN didn't even show it, Mm-mm. and I was like, okay, that's interesting, <laughs> like, I was the first, like, in that game, I was the first touchdown on, on the game, mm-hmm. and so, this one, I didn't even score, so I was like, okay, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but, yeah, next thing I know, I'm, like, watching top 10, trying to see, like, how it turned, and I was out at the time, and um, we were just by a TV, and then we're like seeing the numbers go down and we're like, Oh wow. Is this going to actually, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I missed it. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And then it hit number three and everyone's like, yo, that's Leo. dude. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Uh-huh. And just like people like look at the screen and like, yo, like, is that you? Like, <laughs> you know, all crazy. But yeah, it was a real special moment. And then, uh, even to see it. So like it got ranked like number three of, of like the year number three play of the year for college football which mm-hmm. was pretty cool and then i became uh what one of like the that lineman award like mm-hmm. finalist and it came down between me and the guy from tennessee right um but uh the tennessee guy got it and, you know that's that's how it goes but <laughs> it was uh yeah that was that was and, and watching it too is so funny because to me Everything was in slow motion. Like uh-huh. it was just like I meant to. They're like, did you even mean to do this and that and that? And like all I saw from like my viewpoint was ball was out. I'm going to try to grab with one arm. I have my left arm with a cast or not? Uh, yeah, with a cast on, mm-hmm. and like a brace over my another cast. But I had the the shoulder harness on, so like I can't use my arms and like. <laughs> free motion yeah so i'm like extending out with one arm and i miss the like it's it's just i miss the one hand like i go to just one hand palm it instead of i kind of tap it up uh-huh. but my eyes are on it the whole way but from the other viewpoint it's like i tap it it hits off my back yeah, like it's yeah. off my head and then i grab it but like from my viewpoint i was just like i went to go one hand it got it got a little bobble and then just snagged it but it like on tv it just crazy. <laughs> so i was like in those moments it's kind of crazy what adrenaline and all that stuff does to you it just slows you down and mm-hmm. you're just kind of in the zone and i mean that was just a fun game like we just we were just having fun out there yeah know, so that's awesome yeah to so talk about a little bit after then vanderbilt you go ahead and graduate and then the nfl the process is like you know who starts hitting you up that kind of stuff because i know you ended up in eagles minicamp but was yeah. that the only team that was interested yeah so uh how do i go so First thing was season ended, got a lockdown an agent, and that took some time, and especially kind of with like bowl games and stuff, and, and you can't really like solidify an agent mm-hmm. until the season's done. Had to go through that process and kind of expedite it because it was like I had like one week left of winter break before being back at school, mm-hmm. and I had a list of agents, but. You know, everyone's bowl games are at different times and stuff, so, uh, yeah, it was it was really weird trying to pinpoint down who, who I could get to, like, who I wanted to represent me and how that would all kind of filter out, but found found a guy, Jeff Jankovich, who, he's with Vantage Management in Virginia, and, you know, uh, went through, like, a kind of family process of trying to pinpoint down if 
you know, if we were a great fit for each other and everything like that, and it all worked out. And so he kind of just, you know, went into selling, selling me, you know, mm-hmm. in that sense. And, and then, I mean, from, from my end, it was just try to kill pro day and stuff. Yeah. Wasn't a combine guy and wasn't really expecting to be a combine guy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the combines a real select few right. amount of people. And I just knew like at, at Vandy, I was going to have a real opportunity at our pro day to, to impress scouts and, um, and even head coaches. I mean, and I was, I didn't, I underestimated how many people would actually be at our pro day. I mean, we had like a hundred something NFL wow. officials. Yeah. Like we had all 32 teams, scouts mm-hmm. and some, I mean, we had a couple of head coaches there and wow. I mean, we had, we had a, a clear opportunity mm-hmm. to show ourselves. So, and I mean, I think for myself, I was dealing, I was, I was dealing with some stuff and, uh, but I was just trying to give it my all, and I think I had a average pro day, didn't kill it, and when I mean I made the best of what I could, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of coaches on my side that I mean our defense coordinator was in the NFL the year before he came to us um, to Vandy, and so a lot of you know NFL the NFL talks you know mm-hmm. so yeah, he he was he was on my side son and coach mason obviously in the nfl and has mm-hmm. great connections and so i had a you know the coaching staff you know just you know keeping you know they their word means a lot and obviously they're keeping it real but they were also you know speaking highly of me in whatever aspect that they could mm-hmm. um but yeah so i'm kind of going into the to the draft thinking I, I, I'm being real with myself. I knew I wasn't going to be top any rounds, really. Mm-hmm. I was more thinking, uh, I was hopeful for last rounds, but kind of, you know, more prepared for being a undrafted, undrafted player. Mm-hmm. Um, all I could ask for was just an opportunity. And it, it was, it was interesting. You get, um, you know, did a workout with the tight ends and then, uh, don't and it kind of it kind of goes quiet after that. It was like a local. It was a local day try uh try out there. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like all right, like all you can do now is just wait and see what happens over the next couple of days for the draft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got a call from the Dolphins. I just kind of did like a little checkup and make mm-hmm. sure all their information was right. And then draft day comes around, and I'm sitting there just watching everything go. And then I get. So there's like day three of the draft, which is like the later rounds, right? And get a call from like the Chargers early, early that morning, and they were just like confirming all my information, making sure everything's good. Uh, and so I'm feeling like okay, like okay. I, I I could expect something yeah. coming out here, and uh, yeah, like went through the day, had my phone. I mean, I mean my phone in hand. Uh-huh. And watching everything going on, and <laughs> anytime I get a phone call, I'm freaking out. Like, All right, this is it. Like, I'm going to get the call. And uh, I had a few scares. Nothing happened. And I don't hear anything. And so I'm kind of, like, contacting my agent. And so now, at this point now, the draft is over. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so, like, what what, do we, what happens now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you know, and we prepped for this beforehand. But, you know, like... Um, we're in an interesting time where teams are now trying to fill up their spot with camp invites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
So get a, you know, just, just keep your phone ready. I'll let you know for anybody that contacts me and vice versa with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of waiting around and hours are starting to tick by. I'm like, wow, I guess this is it. Yeah. Like nothing's going to happen. Like whatever. And it's like 9 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, my agent was like, give it till 10. Mm-hmm. And he's like, after any time after 10, then like, yeah, it's probably fair to say it's over. Mm-hmm. And I get a call at 9 from the Eagles. And I'm like, and, and honestly, I get a call from a, a Philadelphia area code. Uh-huh. But I'm f- I, I just played four years in Philly. Like, right. my number is out there on a lot of their automated number calls and a lot of, like, the UPenn oh, hospital okay. stuff and whatever. So, and I've already been called a couple times today, just, like, spam numbers or whatever. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, another spam one right <laughs> now? Like, this hurts. And I get the call, and then I realize it's, like, a real person. You know? <laughs> Oh man, I like quickly like shape myself up. Like, yeah, like this is Louis Vecchio, everything like that. And mm-hmm. kind of go through everything. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, are you free for the, like, we'd like to invite you to our mini camp and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, <laughs> freaking out, trying to just compose myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I like accept everything like that. Immediately call my agent. And my agent's like, that's weird. Like, they normally call me before they call you. <laughs> He's like, I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, like, let me know. Like, I need to make sure this is, like, for real. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then uh, in the moment I, like, get up the phone with him, like, three minutes goes by after, like, I'm all hyped up. And he's like, yeah, like, welcome to the Eagles and everything. And I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. this is wild. But, yeah, so that was an interesting process. And I'm keeping track with all my boys that I trained with and all the dudes that I played with and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to keep track of where they're all going and everything. And, yeah, it was a real exciting time. Just, you know, something you dream about as a child. Of course, Just yeah. even, you know, get a call from somebody mm-hmm. that's affiliated with the NFL is something special. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then just because I know a lot of people don't know how mini camps work, but kind of like what can you – Maybe explain or kind of break down like what a day by day basis look for you during the mini camp. Yeah, so day by day, it's absolutely packed. I mean, you're you're waking up. I woke up at like five, five thirty, just to make like one of the shuttles, and it just it just depends on like what type of player you are, like how much um, how much time do you dedicate to kind of like prepping yourself, or if you're kind of somebody that can like doesn't need I guess too much like prep work in the training room and things like that but mm-hmm. it's just basically like breakfast training room time uh like body management stuff and then you're like right into meetings and you're just like it goes like a special teams meeting like team meeting and like playbook uh playbook install and then you're out on the field for like a like a 30 minute like practice walkthrough mm-hmm. And then you come back in, like, snack or whatever, and then, like, prep yourself again to go back outside and then do, like, the full practice. Mm-hmm. Um, go through the practice and then come a real quick turnaround. Go straight from practice, like, take everything off, and then you're right back in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through, like, breakdown of practice, like the drills and and, uh, and any, like, team team stuff that we did 
and then you're in special teams for film breakdown, then you're back in uh, your position meetings to go through like a future install or or more play breakdown or like just practice overview and things like that. And mm-hmm. then and then you kind of have like a window from that point on um, for more like now it's like, okay, now you have your post practice like wind down. So you literally did all that. And then now you have the time to like shower up, like handle your stuff in the training room, get your body right, do things like that. Mm-hmm. Then you go for dinner. And then from like that point on, after dinner, they have, like, shuttles coming in and out, and for guys that still, like, need more time in the training room or stuff like that, it's open, and mm-hmm. whatever resources they kind of have out, and if not, like, they have shuttles just coming in and out to take you back to the hotel, and then you just, uh, I guess, I mean, for me, I spent that time doing more body management, just making sure I'll be in top shape for the next day. Mm-hmm. And then I was just making sure I, you know, just like how I was at Penn and at Vandy, like I'm in playbook. So yeah. I'm just going through and I'm just spending more time on stuff that we installed that day and then stuff that we just installed for the next day, mm-hmm. making sure I got everything down, going through scenarios, things like that, and just, I guess, working on my mental game. So a lot of that, off the, the after dinner stuff was like your own time to just mentally okay. prep yourself for whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of, I mean, that's your job at that point. So yeah. I mean, you're just... It's it's all football. Yeah, exactly. No, but, no yeah. school on the Saturday. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go to class. Like after that, it's like okay, right back to yeah, right back to the books. And but the the books this time is just more playbooks. And mm-hmm. but I mean the the Eagles, it's it's very D line oriented. So it was mm-hmm. like more just for me, just like getting my mind shaped around like I'm not restricted in certain senses where like I can just kind of play ball and. Then, um, detach myself, I guess, from like the college mindset where it's like NFL, it's like make plays, mm-hmm. like just go and make plays. Like that's what's going to really like keep you, and that's where you make the money, right? And like, yeah, you have you have certain rules that you have to follow, and each you know different teams have different um, defensive fundamentals. But once you grasp that, then you're like, okay, like how do I do what I can do within you know those bounds? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you and, and many camps are a little bit shorter, so it's just like or a lot shorter, so. It's like, all right, I gotta maximize the amount of time I'm here mm-hmm. and go from there. Are the players in the mini camps? Are they most? Are they all rookies too and undrafted free agents? Yeah, no veterans. No, no you got the veterans around and everything, but mm-hmm. none of them are like fully required to be there until mm-hmm. later. But I mean, we had you know Carson Wentz walking around and a couple other of the of the guys that were there. I mean, the training room again is a big part of the game, so mm-hmm. a lot of guys just in there, just in their bodies, you know, repairing everything like that and. Mm-hmm. They'll be around just to kind of talk. I mean, they still had their workouts. I mean, like, okay. their weight. So, like, for us, like, we have a lot more time that's going around, like, playbooks and, and getting ourselves, like, mentally prepared for the NFL, whereas, like, they're already there. So, like, mm-hmm. for them, their time being, it's, like, they just have, like, like weights and, you know, their schedule is different than ours. So, mm-hmm. we never really had to, like, we didn't have too many sessions where we were all, like, together. Mm-hmm. That's cool. The big uh, ask because I know the Eagles have a really good defensive line. Yeah. You know Fletcher Cox and other players like that too. Do you yeah. get to take anything away from like talking to like guys like that, or were they not kind of involved in your practices too much? No. So like the D line guys, not so much. But we did have a couple of uh, other dudes that were in there for a while, but like um, on their like practice squad that we were with, 
and like so then they would tell us like their takeaways from from those guys and kind of listen to them but like they were kind of like our like true vets in a sense of like leading us and kind of showing us the ropes and mm-hmm. guiding us on kind of what they've learned from being there so far mm-hmm. so i'm real appreciative of the guy that we had with us and i mean he um again like similar story like everyone's a family and, and like we're just kind of the better everyone is like the better the team is so like he, he really took that and was just like look i'm here to help so any any questions you guys have you know throw them at me mm-hmm. and you know I, I won't steer you guys wrong like i want everyone to succeed here so mm-hmm. which is like interesting because like you're in the nfl to steal someone's job yeah but then like it's still that kind of like football family mindset where it's just like we're all one team and you know like that decision is not mine to control and like um you know we're we're a family mm-hmm. so you know like let's just do what we can do and then just let the guys up top you know decide who stays and who doesn't mm-hmm. so that was that was real nice to see mm-hmm. not as like i mean the, you know that's stuff for the coaches and the higher ups to worry about but like all you have is each other you know the players around you and that's kind of what makes your time there fun mm-hmm. so it's nice to kind of have that that camaraderie while you're there nice yeah so bigger picture because you know you got a bachelor's degree from penn you got the masters from vanderbilt not too many people especially from where from or just in general have that opportunity what are kind of some like your bigger picture goals especially too because i you know we talked about it a little bit before on the show you know, just being black in America, not too many people have the opportunity to higher education. Yeah. So I guess like what are just some of your bigger picture goals, you know, you being in the position of that not a lot of people have the opportunity to get? Yeah. I mean, my thing is, is like I didn't get to where I was without help, mm-hmm. you know. So like I want to be a guy to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like kind of simplistic in a sense, but like. I want to be able to, one, open people's eyes to opportunities that they don't see, in a sense, and kind of like what my parents did of just having the knowledge of the opportunities that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, being a guy, to I want to put myself in a position where I can affect those decisions made to where maybe I can kind of influence a decision to be um, directed towards somebody with that. It's going to take some work on my end to kind of get there, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's what you know, I got, I have the foundation to get there. So now it's like, I just don't want to waste it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely want to, I want to be the guy that gives back and, and just tries to just voice, I guess, like my path. And hopefully that will kind of shed some light on somebody on a similar path that maybe doesn't think they can get to, mm-hmm. uh, get to where I'm at or even think that where I'm at's a possibility, you know? And, you know, I still have a long way to go, but I know just for like, when I go back to like the high school and talk to like, you know, the high school kids or just people like that I come across each day and I get yeah. to share like a piece of my story. It's like, I was an OC kid that didn't really understand what was going on in the world. You know, right. we live in a bubble and I want to be somebody to lend a hand to kind of pull them up, you know? And I was actually just talking to my friend who went to Penn, my high school or my roommate over there. He's a, he's an African American as well. And I was like, dude, we need to just like, mm-hmm. Like let's let's take care of our business so that we can you know we can really just start helping others and it was interesting too because when we got to Penn, I mean there was single digit African Americans on the team. Wow. Yeah, and then by the time we left, I mean we were at we were approaching almost half the team becoming African American. Oh wow! So okay. like it completely changed. But that that came a lot from like the voices of the, our upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. 
and ourselves and one just like how we carried ourselves and how we handled and and uh and just kind of voicing out that like there's some changes that need to be made you know Mm -hmm. like there's no reason why i mean we don't at least give the opportunity you know it's like half of it comes from are you even offering those kids and Mm -hmm. And yeah, but like now there's a complete shift and now kids are getting more of an opportunity. So like just being in that position to where like you can just have a voice and and try to spark like a cultural change. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, my goal is to, to get myself to that position where like I can have a major influence on a culture mm-hmm. that's, I guess, not focused on minorities, mm-hmm. I guess. And I mean, there's like an active focus towards it, but mm-hmm. there's a difference between like having having them in mind versus like making like an active uh an active change you know and actually making the the, the steps required to right to do something yeah because uh, there's a lot of people in need yeah exactly yeah and then that's it's very broad and it's very wide but there's like a lot of things that we can do to help mm-hmm. you know and so i mean part of it's just the conversation yeah so. exactly and then speaking of that just because in my eyes, I always plan, like, when I get older, I want to start charities, kind of give back to, you know, the youth of Santa Ana, and kind of, like, inner city of OC, kind of the Garden Groves and the Anaheims. And I always thought I could never give much right mm-hmm. now. I had to be, like, wealthy and successful and have a platform to do so. Right. But this past year, I got to work with students at, um, at the Boys and Girls Club of Garden Groves. So it's an after-school program. But there's just, I guess for me, like, giving my time to those kids, even if it was, like, four hours a day, whether it was teaching them how to cook or teaching right. them life lessons, teaching them football, teaching them soccer, basketball, whatever, you name it. it. It's cool. Like like I said, I always thought like I have to be older to help the youth. I always have to be older to help the underprivileged youth. And there's a lot of kids in those programs that, you know, come from broken homes, come from, you know, low socioeconomic families. And it was really cool just to be able to kind of like help uplift them and give them um, some of the tools that I never had growing up, but then like I learned as I got older. Mm-hmm. And so I just say, yeah, even giving time, like sometimes we people don't realize we have a lot of time on our hands and right. just being able to give that to someone who is in need, you know, that that's like sometimes better than money, sometimes better than oh, anything, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like that, that, that can help just that, that small seed changes their thought process and mm-hmm. then that further changes the decisions that they make. And like now their, their goals start to shift towards something bigger that mm-hmm. they just didn't even know about. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that's like, that's kind of where I, my focus is. Like, I want to be a catalyst in that type of way. And mm-hmm. I can just come from just voicing, you know, voicing out my past or just connecting with somebody or showing that, you know, someone cares. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's different because a lot of people's uh, situations are, I mean, they vary from person to person, for one. And they sometimes don't know if, like, somebody's gone through something similar. Right, you know? right. So I definitely think it's important to just kind of to be there to just lend a helping hand and, and I spent time doing that when I was at Penn. I would do, I would volunteer and help out, volunteer time at like something similar to a boys and girls club. But we did that, and then even at Vandy, we would have to spend a lot of uh, uh, hours volunteering. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to just kind of you know play with kids, like teach them things, or yeah. even just sit there and just kind of have a conversation, you know, and and just be a part of their day and mm-hmm. hope that maybe. You just say one thing that can kind of help change their life. Right. It's just like even teaching things. You know how we get like Instagram notifications or Bleacher Report, the people who design like, oh, so-and-so signed, whether it's NFL, NBA. I mean, the kids are in eighth, I work with middle schoolers. 
And so they're going into high school, and one of the kids asked me, like, what is graphic design? Because, you know, they're choosing their classes already. And I was like, you know, you don't know what graphic design is? Like, no. And I was like, pull up your Instagram. And, like, the first thing he has is, because it was during free agency, mm-hmm. you know, someone signed one of the Jaguars. I think it was Nick Foles, maybe. And I was like, you know that, like, the design with yeah. the colors and, like, yeah. the picture of him and the, the money? Yeah. That's someone who majored in graphic design did that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like, no way. And, like, he just got super hyped. And I was like, something, like, I, you know, I think is so simple, like, or right. I think it's common knowledge. Like, he had no idea. Right. And so that can, like you said, spark an interest. And it could just change the mindset. Yeah. As far as like giving him an opportunity they never had before, and you know, because he's passionate about sports, and it's a kind of a way to still be involved, even though he might not make it as a player or something like that, or as a coach, you know. Yeah, and you never know what you might even say that might even. I mean, you could just spark an idea that's even in a different direction than what you even said. You know, mm-hmm. it just it just sparks something in them that just like it kind of just snowball effects down to just some great idea that mm-hmm. maybe you didn't even think about, but like you, you yeah. helped kind of spark it, you know, right. And that's, it's definitely something special and definitely something that I aim to hope to be for, for anybody I, I come across. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun. I know I've taken a lot of your time oh, dude, for over two hours, two hours. Yeah. Two hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the batteries lost this long, but it's great. Um, Nah, this has been this has been good, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you coming on, and you know, best of luck in the future. You know, if anything else happens too, we'll be sure to do another podcast. Hopefully, I can have a better setup, nah, video, and everything. You're good, you're good man. But you're uh, good. Really no, appreciate I, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is this has been fun. Yeah, Great, dude. Look forward to it. Hey everyone, Noah Alvarez here, back in action. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Louis Vecchio and I. A reminder, this podcast is available on Apple, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it. All the podcast listening apps, we are available on them, along with the Big Heads Podcast Network. Be sure to leave a rating review if possible if you're listening on Apple. We'd really appreciate it. It helps listeners kind of get a gauge on what the show is all about. But also appreciate it too if you're listening on SoundCloud or some of the other things too. You know, follow, subscribe. Be sure to just share us with your friends too if you know anyone that would be interested in the podcast. But yeah, just do whatever you can to help promote the show in any form of possible. Reminder to my, my Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. Also follow me on Instagram at Noha, N-O-H-A underscore Alvarez. And follow the My Mike and I page on Instagram. It's a new page. It could use some new followers. My period Mike and period I. That's my period Mike and I period I. If you have any ideas for the show, you're interested in being on the show, or know someone that might be interested in being on the show, feel free to reach out to me on via any of those social media platforms. You know, I'm more than willing to have different people on the show. That's what I kind of want to do. Have an interview podcast where I can have different people from different walks of life and really just kind of learn about different lifestyles and different, you know, different aspirations, different career goals. There's a lot of interesting people out there, Louis Vecchio being one of them. So, yeah, just trying to get to meet all those interesting people, have them on my show and have you listeners learn something new that you can, you know, use for the rest of your day, rest of your lives even. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week's show. I am Noah Alvarez of the Mike and I podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Signing off. Till next time.